ladies and gentlemen, we wanted to start the show with a 10-bell salute. We lost uh, a couple of people this last couple. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, so we wanted to give a 10-bell salute. First off to China, who was the more recent, uh, Joni Lauder. Yep. A lot of crazy stuff going on on the Facebooks and the Internet and all the rumors, and we'll get to that in a second. Yep. We also want to give a 10-bell salute. Also went out to Balls Mahoney. Um, he was one of the ECW originals, and um, th- there's a lot of people talking about you know how uh, how he influenced them from not just the hardcore guys to the younger guys in the locker room that ran into him back in the day, and also there was a uh, a guy who wrestled. I want to say, I'm not. I don't want to say it the wrong where where he's from. His name is Chris Travers, and um, I want to say he was more like a, an independent guy, but he may have been big from where he was from. I want to say the UK, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but he was a uh, there, there was a lot of buzz about that kid too. Like he was one of the guys that you know was making his way up. He was one of those one of those guys that not a lot of people may have heard of. But he was still a wrestler. He still plied his trade in the ring. And this Tim Bell salute is for him. Our condolences go out to his friends and family. Um, our positive thoughts and vibes go out to them. And if you are religious in any way, shape, or form, then you know your prayers go out or the prayers go out to him and stuff. But enough of that. This is Big Brian V. Young Matt Swartz, and live from the Bronx, Joshua Cobb. Joshua There you go. See, I wasn't going to mess it up if I let you introduce yourself this time. How you doing, Joshua? Swerve. I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks, buddy. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's good to hear the voices of, of, of wonderful people such as Big Ryvie and uh, Young Matthew over there. There's nothing better than me waking up in the morning and getting a text from Joshua where he's at the gym Rocking one of the coolest shirts <laughs> that, you could, that a man could wear to a gym. Now, yeah. let me, let Are we going to put this on the Heckler's Facebook later? Is that okay with Joshua? If it's up to if Joshua. You, it's his, I don't know. It's his face. <laughs> I, I, we, can, we don't have to do that, but I do want um, two things. Number one, your gym is co-ed, right? It's a co-ed gym, right? It's a co-ed gym, right? Okay, because if you're wearing that shirt and it's not a co-ed gym, then me and you're going to have to have a talk, buddy. It's a different oh, podcast. I mean, I've, I don't, I've never heard of a gym specifically. I know Lucio Roberts is a gym for, for women, but I've never heard of a whole male gym. Though. Oh, there's yeah, there's are there? there? Yeah, there are. Huh, Cur- curves for men. Curves uh, for men. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> what did your shirt say, bud? What happened? Oh, it said, uh, open your mouth, I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was Probably one of awesome. the best Valentine's Day gifts I ever got from a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That's a girlfriend gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a girlfriend gift. That's wonderful. That's kind of shirt you wear to a wrestling show. <laughs> and everybody you know, give you looks. Honestly, I, never, I, I would never wear, like, I've worn that shirt about three times. One was at my MMA gym, and I just walked around just like, hey, what's up? And people would read it and laugh. Yeah. And the, uh, so the other time was just like me at the gym. Uh, no one really saw it, but oh well. People are in their own worlds when they go to the gym, too. That's up there with Mitch Page's shirt, who is probably one of my favorite shirts. I wish I'd have thought of it. And I'm, I don't have the beginning part correct because I know I'm going to mess this up, but I got the end part correct for sure. It says something like, damn right, I'm that motherfucker. <laughs> and Mitch is a big guy. I mean, we're talking, he's probably at least 400, you know? And he's big all over. He looks like the kind of guy. That stands up in a bar and was like, all right, buddy, let's go. You're like, oh, fuck. You're looking for a stool or something to hit him with. <laughs> you know, and it might not work. Yes, speaking of Mitch Page, I want to give them a shout-out, even though them bastards have never shouted me out yet, John Gray, you fuck. 
I'll go let you announce your birthday on here too, you dick. I'm just kidding. I love you, John. Um, they have a podcast. It's on Blog Talk Radio, so you have to forgive them. <laughs> um, but it comes on every, it's live every Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday night. I got to get in my head. Thursday night from 7 to 9, and they have a bunch of different stars on. A bunch of different indie guys you wouldn't believe, like from back in the day. And they tell these crazy, outrageous stories. But his co-host is me, Mitch Page. And, dude, he steals the show. Andrew Hunter, who's both you know, both these guys have been on the show. I'm sorry, Andrew Hunter hasn't been on the show yet. He's coming on. I had a interview cut with him, but the sound was bad, so we didn't get to put air in. But we'll get him on here soon. Both those guys have their own little segments on the show. Um, and then they have a producer named Karen, who is John's wife. And she goes into, like, the current affairs about oh. what's going on and everything else. Cool. But it's called The Real Side of Wrestling. And it's... Um, it's kind of like us. They're kind of laid back. They kind of shoot the shit and everything. They're two hours every... But the only bad thing is they play some really awful music on there. No offense. Awful <laughs> I'm just music? Kidding. I'm just kidding. Is it like wrestling theme songs or is it yeah, just it's what like, they want to like, play? Well, there's or? guys that create their... Oh, there's one guy who's good. One guy, his name is... Oh, God. Particle Don. Particle Don is the man. He creates wrestling theme songs, but he raps them. Yeah, but he raps them. And he so adds, he's the like, rapping version of Jim Johnson. He's... Know who Jim Johnson is? Isn't he the guy that composes all the WWE music? Oh, that, well, Jimmy Hart used to. Jim Johnson maybe the guy does it now. Okay. Yeah. I think his name is um, if I'm not mistaken, Jim something. He just said that was Jim Johnson. Is it Jim Johnson? Yeah, I think it is Jim yeah. Johnson. Yeah, thought so. Yeah, it, but this guy is like like uh, the the just to get the byline for for John for John Gray's real side of wrestling with with uh, uh <laughs> with Mitch Page the beginning of his. Top rope turnbuckle, you gonna get these bloody knuckles. Top rope, I mean, it's catchy, <laughs> but it's when you listen to it, like you're jamming you, in your car. Yeah, you can <laughs> see how someone would want to fucking punch themselves in the face, listen to it over and over. You know what I'm saying? But Parker, I actually met him at a deathmatch tournament one time. Guys out there as could be, but he handed me like two CDs that he had done for wrestlers with their own wow. theme music. And I'm like, damn, that's fucking awesome. You know that they would come to him and he do their own theme music, and they those guys all over the world. That have used Particle Dom. You know, he uses samples from other things and stuff, but he does their own thing. Cool. Um, a quick plug for those guys, and I want to give a quick plug to Pro Wrestling Freedoms and IWA Mid-South. Um, there's a plethora of, of independent feds in this area. You've heard me talk about them from the ones that last two or three shows to the ones that last two or three years. Um, <clears throat> IWA Mid-South has been a mainstay for 20 years. Uh, I like to call it my home. Uh, I took my son to the show at the Pride ch- uh, last Sunday. Saw a very very good show. I saw a battle bunkhouse battle royal uh, with twenty guys. Only saw one dude had knee pads over top of jeans. I was a little bit sad about that because you know bunkhouse, bunkhouse battle royals is supposed to be jeans and the knee pads over top of them. That's that's the yeah, way it is. You know? Those are the rules. Yeah, we didn't make them. There's a whole bunch of jeans guys, but there's only like one guy that had the knee pads on the outside of it. <laughs> that's a running joke between me and Manawa, by the way. But uh, Reed Bentley and Derek Neal both landed at the same time. We're talking warrior. I'm sorry, Luger, Bret Hart finish. Mm. And so the brand new commissioner, Mitch Page, and Ian Rotten both had different opinions on who landed first. So Reed Bentley takes on Congo Kong next Sunday at Dope. the Pariah Bar. Um, you're also seeing Matt Cage returning to take on uh, John Wayne Murdoch. Um, check out the IWM Mid-South webpage for all of the information on that show. It's going to be a huge show, gigantic. Uh, Viking War Party returns to take on uh, The System, who is a team out of Livermore, Kentucky, Ray Waddell, and Dakota France. These young kids are good, man. They're good, dude. You, you want to check them out. Um, I've seen a kid named Teddy King, and I want to give props to him because he came out to some adversity. He came out to take on Bentley. 
Mm-hmm. And there's probably only maybe I'm not gonna get I'm not good at numbers. There were probably a hundred <laughs> so people there, or whatever. But it's it's hot outside, and Reed Bentley has been the top face in the organization. He's been the top heel, so he's even though he's hated, he's one of those love hate relationships that IWA has with him. Mm. So if you're a brand new guy and you're coming out to take him on, you could be the big, biggest baby face in the world and try to get the crowd behind you. Half the crowd's not going to give a fuck who you are. By the end of the match. The fans respected Teddy King because of his in-ring ability. Go ahead. Give me the ding-ding, Josh. (laughs) Because the kid was good. He's only got maybe three years in the business from what I understand. He has the look. He's talented. He seemed humble. Hopefully he'll go far. And he's the type of person I would like to get on this show just because he came from a small country town, probably in in Kentucky, and he went to IWA, which is, don't get me wrong, I didn't like IWA. He's, oh, he went to the WWE. But it's a big step up. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that happens. And then there's guys like uh, people talk about the independents and how you know, oh well, you know that's just an independent guy, or what's the big deal about independent guys or whatever. Joshua, you want to you want to address that? Like, say, say someone asks you, oh well, man, you know I watch WWE and I know there's a bunch of independent guys in there now, but what's the big deal about independent guys? Well, how would you answer that question? Um, honestly, I'd say right off the bat, it's something they bring something different to the table. Um, I know there's a, a stigma that some people see independent people as, you know, uh, guys who don't sell, do crazy spots. Uh, you know, one one, person, one group of guys that really get uh, fucking knocked on that is the young bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, they're spot monkeys, and they don't really know how to tell a story. Uh, but I tell people all the time, you know, if you look at some of these independent wrestlers that are coming in now, they're, they're, the, they're the stars, they're the main eventers, they're the people that have the exciting matches, as opposed to the guys who've been brought up through the WWE system. And I, you know, can't really knock, knock on them, you know? Yeah. I know some people who are the, uh, I like to call them the old guard of wrestling, they kind of look down on that, but, you know, you just got to give them a chance and they'll, they'll blow you away, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. What, what do you think about that, Matt? Same thing? Or? Well, I want to echo the fact that it is different. Um, as someone who has been watching independent wrestling for about a year and a half now. Yeah, you're, more, someone you're who's, more of a I'm, WWE guy. I am, yes. I am, and I am still, you know, I'm still watching Raw every mm-hmm. week, and I'm still, you know, getting the pay-per-views and things of that nature. Um, independent shows, they're more intimate, I believe, as well, and I think the wrestlers encourage the intimacy, if that makes any sense. You know, there's no guardrails. Makes it a boss. We're going we're gonna to talk to them as we sell their merch. We're not going behind, you know... You know, someone else working at a at a bar or something along those lines. You know, it feels very personal. Yes. And the one thing I would, the one thing I do really enjoy more than anything else is the fact that when you go to an independent show, very few guys are you're going to hear that this guy sucks. You know, you're going to like your guy and you're going to cheer your guy on. You're not going to bash the other dude at an independent show. You're praising what you you're like, praising but you're what you're not, like, but you're not shitting on that's what you're right. Like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know that's something. Unless I've, you're us, unless you're me, unless you're you, <laughs> unless you're Brian, the back row heckler, but, you know, you know, the guy who sits in the back row and makes fun of the guys they don't like, makes fun of everybody. But at the same time, I still respect him. Absolutely. And I call him out because I'm trying to lots of times because I'm trying to piss off the guy who does like it. <laughs> it's more of that kind of a thing. Yeah. You know? It's like I argue with people. Which I understand. Doing, it's a good. Yeah. It's a good time during the Congo Murdoch match. It, it, the, the famous Congo Murdoch match. Me and class at. At Jammers last year, it was Murdoch's last shot. Everybody thinks he's going to win the belt from Kong. I'm like, there ain't no fucking way. It ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, at the beginning, there's probably 150, 160 there. At the beginning, 80% of the crowd's chanting for Murdoch. 30% of the crowd's chanting for, the other 20% is chanting for Kong. 
me, class, Bobby P, our whole crew are so loud. You're drowning them out. We're drowning them out. And so by the <laughs> end of the match, half the crowd is chanting for sure for Kung Kong. And Ian Rotten is mad as fucking dude. He looks so That's not supposed to be this way. Well, he's the promoter. So he promotes according to face and heel. You know what I'm saying? It's good versus evil. Yes. Kayfabe is alive and well. Exactly. So to flip the switch on what you got to catch you off, right? No, no, no. Go ahead, man. The intimate. But um, I think that indie darlings, sometimes people are like, oh, they get a pass. And I'm like, you explain in any way, shape, or form to me how Kevin Steen got a fucking pass. You explain to me how Sami Zayn, a.k.a. El Generico, got a pass. How any of these guys. If you want to say they got a pass in NXT alone, maybe. I can at least listen to it. But you're not going to tell me 15 years is a pass. Yeah. It's just not. And like Nakamura, no offense, but Nakamura by no way, shape, form, or means needs to go to NXT at all. No. He could have went. He's straight, building that brand. Like AJ Styles went to went to the uh, went to went straight to the main roster. Mm-hmm. If you think AJ Styles was able to go to the main roster, and you don't think that Nakamura should have, then I need an explanation of why. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I need an explanation of why. If you tell me it's because he needs to learn the WWE method, you can eat an asshole right now because the Nakamura Sami Zayn match. People are talking about match of the year. I'm sorry, it was a great match, and I'm not here to play devil's advocate or shit on it, but I've seen better matches. I really have. I've seen better matches than that this year. You've probably seen better matches than that this year. Mm-hmm. If not, you've seen some very close. I've Not to take in, that was a five-star match. I don't like the rating systems and things of that yeah. nature. In your opinion, exactly, that's it. In your opinion. But I'd also, for me, I'd never seen Nakamura before, and I believe I'm also in the majority of WWE fans that had never seen him before. See, that's one wild. So that's I think the reason that, that's the main reason that makes this podcast... Different than every Pojo uh, fucking other podcast out there. We don't have a grizzled fucking veteran. No offense. A guy who's wrestled 10 years in the independence. Um, and hasn't left. I'm not talking about who some people think I'm talking about either. Because that guy's been to fucking Japan. And he's a friend of mine. So fuck off. I'm talking about guys who um, have wrestled in four or five different states. They wrestled 10 years. Um, they have a following. So if their name's on the card, it may put 50, 60 asses in seats. But they run their own podcast and they think that everything they say is gold. And that since we, being smart marks and buy tickets, we shouldn't run a podcast about wrestling. Um, what I have to say about that to you is. That's what he, <laughs> That's has, what to he has to say. That's what he has to say about it. If you don't like it, then you can go fuck yourself. And you don't have to listen, okay? Because there's no, no one holding a gun to your head. Telling you to listen to the back row hecklers, but but please keep doing it. <laughs> to the I will sell my soul to the close to five hundred people that do t- <laughs> tune in every time, whether it be the Facebook link or whether it be iTunes or whether it be Spreaker, the five hundred plus people that listen to us, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because we are just like you. We turn on the TV, we watch wrestling, and we enjoy it. Um, Okay, I'll get off my pedestal. Quit talking shit now. That made me mad about the whole independent thing about, you know, how, you know, why did the indie darling get a break? Um, some of the guys that come up through the system, people, it's actually a bad thing. Look at Roman Reigns right now. Look at what he's having to go through just because he wasn't kind of like an indie darling. You know what I'm saying? Here, Josh is I hear Josh laughing. 
But it's true. <laughs> he's a four or five year legacy. I'm laughing. I'm <laughs> Why a, are we talking about Roman Reigns every fucking week? No, dude, he's a four or five year legacy. <laughs> Who has a push that, let me tell you, you walk into that your job. That was one of the worst WrestleMania you, matches I've ever seen, by the way. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. You walk into your job tomorrow, Josh, and they go, Joshua, how long have you been at your job? And you'd be like, ah, oh, two years. Just speaking hypothetically. Like, oh, man, we see something in you. We're going to start, we're going to give you this other job. And you keep doing good at it. And we're going to give you this other job. And eventually you're going to be a brain surgeon. And you'd be like, well, I've never been a brain surgeon before. Now everybody's got to start somewhere. And, and we'll give you six look, figures to do it. Yeah, and we're going to give you a lot of money to do this. And what's funny is they had uh, – I read a thing about payroll, about how much people make. I should have never made that, read that, because now it makes me mad because I'm like, oh, my God, are you fucking kidding me? Ryback makes almost triple what Bray Wyatt makes. Get the fuck out of here. Are you, are you he might be me? done with the company, too. Good. Well, he needs to be. I yeah. hate that guy. That's my least favorite wrestler. <laughs> Ryback? Oh. Yeah. Well, he makes triple. Last year he made triple what Bray Wyatt made. Can you believe that? Almost triple. It's ridiculous. Joshua. Because he's an E-guy. Or, well, I guess Bray's an E-guy, too. Yeah. Well, he's kind of a legacy. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh Blackjack Mulligan passed away also. Oh, he did? Yes. That is... Uh, Bray, that is and, Bray and... And, uh, and Bo Dallas' his grandfather. That's right. His son was... Uh, he had two sons, which were Kendall... He probably has more, but they wrestled. It was Kendall and Barry Windham. And then um, Barry Windham's sister is married to Mike Rotunda. Mike Rotunda yeah. is the father of... Or IRS. IRS, as I know him. Yep, he's the he's the father of Barry Windham and Bo Dallas. They're actual brothers. He actually had a nice cameo on the Edge and Christian show. I don't know if you watched that. Did he? The Edge and Christian show, mm-hmm. so fucking funny. I need to watch it. There's it's gotten show. better. There's it's so, gotten. Be- I know there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, like I've watched zero episodes. Oh, inside of- jokes, though. It's jokes that if you watched it when they were on, then you get it. You know, it's not. I don't feel like it's like inside, like it's like an inside circle. Mm-hmm. But like they had Emma on the you show, know, and like they like gave her something, that. and they're like, oh, she'll probably steal it. You know, shit like that. They'll make, like, jokes like they did one, like, like they were doing a weather, a weather report. They were like, well, there's a lot of heat on Lana. Lana's generating a lot of heat. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think people will get that. If you don't I mean, read the, the internet, you, you might get, not get it. The ones yeah. that do get it, they'll think it's funny. Yeah. But Bailey beating up Tommy Dreamer's funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's fine. That's what we do. There's a, um, before we get into Raw, real quick. The cruiserweight situation, Joshua. We want their listeners uh, yeah, to home know how this is going. Uh, how this is going to happen now? Um, from my understanding, uh, I know they announced two separate uh, matches. Uh, the WWE is looking. Well, let's explain from the beginning, so in case people don't know. The WWE okay, is, well, is re. Go ahead. I'll let you do it. Sorry. All right. Well, WWE has decided to make a global cruiserweight uh, tournament. Uh, going to be taking place over the course of a couple of weeks. It's a 32-man tournament, and some of these uh, qualifying matches to get into the tournament are going to be taking place on uh, independent shows, such as Evolve, Progress, I believe Revolution Pro also is a part of the... In the uh, UK, yes. Yes. That's the UK Revolution Uh, Pro, not the one in the United States. Yes, uh, UK Pro. Uh, yeah, thank you for the corrections. Uh, I don't know any other places, but those are the uh, um, the brands that are going to have qualifying yeah. matches. Uh, but right now, as of May seventh, we have two qualifying matches at the Evolve Show. Uh, one is Hot Sauce Tracy Williams versus Drew Gulak, and the other is uh, TJ Perkins versus Fred. Uh, I, I believe yeah, you know he, his name, Brian. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Yeah, he. Fred, Fred Yehi, 
Uh, it could be Yeehaw, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he should be fine, yes. He's an evolved <laughs> stable, yeah. Yeah, so those are the, the two matches that we know of right now for the uh, qualifying, uh, uh, to qualify for the thing. We also know the participants from uh, already are in the WWE uh, NXT brand, Johnny Gargano, Rich Swan, uh, a lot of other big names that aren't in the WWE but will be qualifying. Uh, one, one, he already won his qualifier. Zack, Zack Sabre Jr. I didn't know so. that they had the quali- they already had a, he already had a qualifier match. Zaber had one over the weekend, and another one that I didn't recognize the name of, right. to be honest. Well, we can look, I can look that up on my phone while you guys talk. But yeah, um, I hate to come to you guys with incomplete information. But the, yeah. uh, the, the Cruiserweight thing, I think, is going to be a good thing, not just for WWE. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have that trickle-down effect, because... In 1996, a little quick history lesson. In 1996, before the cruiserweight tournament, the little thing they had in WWE, and before the cruiserweights exploded into WCW with Money Nitro, there was a few little guys here and there in the independent scenes that were tearing shit up. And there was a power store going on at the time. Jerry Lawler was doing commentary for WWE, but he was still running USWA down at the Louisville Gardens. His main competition was IWA Mid-South running out of the Kmart building in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, a young 23-year-old, Big Brown V, was in the back row at those shows at IWA <laughs> Mid-South cheering them on. Uh, most of the main events were the hardcore stuff. I don't want to say blood and guts or violence because they told stories. It was in the, a few between Ian Wright and Man Man Pondo, and then a few people came in and got involved with it or whatever, but it was a number of different people come in and got involved. And then they had a young... Two young guys by the name of Tarek the Great and the American Kickboxer. And these guys had a feud that rivaled the stuff that you were seeing on ECW, the one shot that came in with Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. Who remembers that? Of late 95? They were doing that type of thing. Now, before this, before this time and age in 95, and on the East Coast, Reckless Youth, um, the guy who used to be Canyon, but I remember I don't remember what his name was in the in the Indies. Somebody can help me with that. It'd be appreciated. Um, a young, I want to say he went to WCW. I want to say Devin Storm, but I could be wrong. I'm gonna be Devin something else. But these little lighter weight guys were putting on these fantastic, almost lucha style matches in the United States Indies, and they revolutionized it. And WCW jumped on it right away. Yeah, they, they did. brought in all these guys: Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio, Psycho, all Luchadors. You know what? Dean it was interesting Lincoln. too. They put them on at nine o'clock. You know why they did it at nine o'clock? Because that's Tom Ross. That's right. Bingo. Yes. They wanted something different yeah, on their show. Everybody wanted to see it, man. And I'm telling you, the, the cruiserweight division in WCW put on some of the best in-ring matches today, even today. That people are like, "Oh, I don't like that style." That's what Lucha Underground is today. It's that same style. Yeah. Know, to an extent, with a bunch of new age strong style stuff thrown in and some Japanese stuff, but yeah, it's kind of the same same token things. But the guys never give Tarek Pusky, aka Tarek the Great, and Frank Mullins, aka American Kickboxer, and Tom. I'm gonna mess this up. Oh, I had it. In top, I just had it. Tom. Oh, it's not already. Tom Carter. Tom Carter. Reckless Youth. They never give those three guys the credit they deserve. For revolutionizing small men in the Indies. And don't get me wrong, you had little guys like Bill Dundee back in the 70s and 80s and stuff, but they weren't prominent. You had to be six foot tall. Yeah. And the big guys, I mean, you'd have a 
guy that was 5'11 and weighed 400 pounds, fat-ass shape dude, had to crawl, roll over to the ropes to get up. He could get into the wrestling business, but a <clears throat> premier athlete that's 5'7, 165 pounds, forget about it. Not him. a chance. He wasn't getting in. He wasn't. They remember, the promoters wouldn't even look at him. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys don't get the credit for that. And so I've said it before, I'll say it again. They need to, somebody needs to make sure that that's known when those guys get credit for that stuff. The Lucha stuff that's going on in Lucha Underground, I got a feeling that Vince is not dumb. Don't think that these cruiserweights coming in aren't going to be, there's going to be some of those guys out there trying to do that. But with the, if you look at some of the guys they've got, like Tracy, uh, uh, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, Drew Gulak, Zach Sabre Jr., those guys are more catch-as-catch-can mat wrestlers. Do you know what I'm saying? Joshua? Um, I mean, you, you, I, I would say Gulak is, and Williams are the, the catch wrestlers. Sabre uh, Jr. is more of a technician. Uh, there's a, also another guy by the name Noam Dar. He's from uh, uh, Scottish. He's Scottish and Jewish. Weird mix, but he's, <laughs> he's funny as hell. But he's is also it? like another... He's like he's, he, also, he's like Ben Busick, right? Kind of strong style, but no, no, no. He's he's more of a, a Zack Saber Junior type, you know, very technical, grapple wrestler. He's, he's very submission oriented. Uh, you got Akira Tozawa coming in too. Probably, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him wrestle because he's just a fucking spitball of energy. I don't know if anybody's seen him on PWG. He wrestled at the Lemmy. Uh, he took on Zack Saber Junior. Lemmy, yeah, yeah. You know, that was an entertaining match. Everybody says uh, that Drew Galloway was match was fantastic. Drew Galloway, I think it might yeah, have that Matt Sidell. Yeah, that was a good fucking match. I, I have to say, top, top to bottom, Lemmy's probably one of the, the best PWG shows I've ever seen. That stuck in my mind was I, I was at the uh, the Intergender Wars. Uh, this We could go Tuesday. I went and sat in the back row of that and enjoyed it tremendously. It went out on our pay-per-view through high spots. And I went to back to buy, look at check out the DVDs, and uh, yeah, that stuck out of my mind. So I did grab Lemmy, so I'll be able to let you know something about that when it comes up soon. So, yeah, good, good or bad, the cruiserweights. What do you think, Josh? I think this is good. Uh, I think, like you said, it's gonna showcase some really good talent. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I think this is good. Uh, I think, like you said, it's gonna showcase some really top talent that isn't in the WWE, and hopefully, it sets up, you know, them signing some of these guys so that we can have them on NXT or potentially be on Raw. I mean. Honestly, can you imagine Zach Saber Jr. being on Monday Night Raw, even being on NXT? Uh, you know, the sky's the limit for that guy. And I would also love to see uh, Drew Gulak, you know, be on uh, WWE as well. You know, this is going to be a really good thing for a lot of up-and-coming guys. You know, the world's going to be shown, you know, what what else is out there, you know? So oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the series. I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced it's going to... Put these guys on the WWE map. I'm I know sure. it's part of their system. I just, in reading in a recent interview with Zack Saber Jr., he's like, I have no interest in WWE right now. I have other things I want to do. I've got other things I got to take care of. And so even if he goes on and say he wins this this tournament, I don't know if that's gonna push these guys. Now, but they throw a check at yeah, I mean that's true. Like, didn't you read Jack Gallagher just? Jack Gallagher also qualified. I don't, uh, I, I don't know the name. I don't know the face. He defeated Pete, Pete Dunn. He does. They, they're both in progress. Okay, I know Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn was was the tag team partner of uh, Mark Andrews for a long time. Okay, yeah. time to fly. 
Cool. Yeah, I don't know much about progress. There's so much wrestling everywhere. I'm you, the UK is a hotbed it's right now for on fire. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of names out of there. Where people are coming off, you know, yeah. just like he said, Noam Dar, uh, the villain Marty Skrull, uh, Tommy Inn. I think. What's the boy that Offspray. Uh, Offspray. Well, he's out of New Japan. Yeah, he's uh, from England though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, the guy, he would have fucking went to the fucking uh, cruiserweight thing, man. Is he in the cruiserweight tournament, too? Offspray? Of course, no, he's not in it, but could you ever imagine, like, him fucking, like, going against Neville? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'd be something ridiculous, yeah. If, if you guys aren't out to switch gears so fast, but we all agree that this cruiserweight thing is going to be a good thing for it. The only thing I hope is that eventually, here soon, they're like, okay, well, here's how they got there, and they showed these matches on the network. I hope so. I would assume they would. That'll be the price. That'll be the price of admission, right there, man. That's what they need to do. It's gonna be on NXT. Like it's gonna take. Like they're I hope it's just not like bits, clips, though. Yeah. You know, this happened at a house show. This happened at a house show. Yeah, like the UFC finale. Like the UFC. This season started up a new one with the women as the coaches. And some of the fights, I guess, were boring or whatever. You only saw clips of the fights. You didn't see the whole fights. That type of thing. Uh, I hope I mean, not. I think this is going to... I think they stated that you will see all the matches on the network. And I don't know if it's taking place on NXT or it's going to be its own entity. But I, I'm pretty sure we'll see all the matches. So what, the, the, let's talk about the, the, the elephant in the room. Let's talk about what everybody cares about and I really don't care about because... To me, when you say Bullet Club, I think Young Bucks. And everybody's talking about since Samoa Joe did beat Finn Balor on a house show. In Massachusetts for the, for the on N- Thursday, I believe it for was. the NXT title. Yes. So does that wasn't mean even this, a pay-per-view. <laughs> so does that mean on, Thanks, Saturday, on Saturday night, I mean on Monday night, we're all we're going to hear some music and see the formation of... Of the Bullet Club, how? I mean, it's going to be the Balor Club because the, the Bullet Club is actually still trademarked by New Japan. Okay, so whatever you want to call it, I'm just yeah, throwing it the out. The Balor there. Club, and it's going to have God, Doc. I and, thought it was going to be called Bulletproof, actually. Or maybe it is Bulletproof. It's it's not Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. It's still a basic bite off. No oh, it's a hundred. How you do it? It's biting off like NWO. It's yeah. biting that shit off. And mm-hmm. it's, oh. But, uh, and unless the and I'm still bucks, loving it. <laughs> unless the young bucks walk out, though, I no offense, I don't. Do you know I have Kenny Omega is going to come out? <laughs> They're going to get the elite versus the Bullet Club in the WWE. Dude, I'm, I'm That'd telling be great. you. And you know, New Japan and WWE have a working relationship. I don't know if it's still strong, but apparently they weren't too happy with them trying to trademark Bullet Club. So thinking, oh, really? Yeah, like I don't know if that destroyed the relationship, but. You know, uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, they have like a little outside feud with the New Day, and it's, you know, they want to do it, they want to have a match with the New Day. Oh, I've seen and, the snippets, know, they're awesome, uh, I have a post oh, pick up they're over they're so there. great. Kenny Omega's the man, dude. I absolutely like his entering, and I like him. And that's strange, because usually... It's just a different <laughs> thing, man. People say, I said that one time at the, uh, uh, a guy actually made a point, and I can't for the life of me remember this kid's name um, he works as a ref maybe that's why I, I just first night I had met him and I was trying to explain to him about making sure to stay out of the way of the Howard camp for pro wrestling freedom and it you know a simple boring thing or whatever and I was like so what do you like so so far and of course he named the match 
that the fans were more into. Mm-hmm. But the fan, the, the match the fans were more into, and I'm not going to say who it is because it's going to look like an asshole and I'm friends with the guy that's in it. <laughs> it was a guy playing really good heel to a younger, cuter baby face guy. And the whole, this whole, one whole side of the arena was just all up on the hill's ass, you know, stand up, screaming, hollering, cussing. But if you take the actual contents of what happened in the ring, it was okay. It wasn't great. There was three other matches. I mean, we got to see Chase Owens versus Chip fucking Day. And it went to a 20 minute Broadway. It was fucking fantastic. I wanted to stand up and scream five more minutes. I, me calling that match was. The most fun I've had as a ring as a commentator yet. I was doing play by play, and I got lost like twice. But I recovered. <laughs> You're just sitting there watching. Good. Yeah, because I'm watching the match, and they were doing so good. Ryan's a deer in the headlights while he's watching oh, wrestling. So, so when you, which is good. It's good. Call, I'm not knocking on you. Next time you're watching a row match, try calling it. Be like, okay, collar on top. He puts him in a headlock. I would say they take some over. Those some legs. Try to remember that kind of thing. Oh, they're coming for you, Joshua. <laughs> they found out about your shirt. Yeah, this is the second time that happened to me. It happened on the fracking nerds last week. What'd you do on the fracking? I use on the fracking nerds. I was on the fracking nerds. Uh, talking. Uh, there was silence, and I had to apologize. <laughs> it's a part of life. It's that life. It happens, we don't know about son. that life. It happens. Thug life. We get you. <laughs> How the fracking nerds go? Uh, well, we, we talked about, uh, what did we talk about? We talked about a lot of stuff. We end of Daredevil? Or was it... Uh, Negan, uh, it was no, the end talk, of The Walking Dead, right? No, we didn't talk about anything. We talked about Kimmy Schmidt. We talked about uh, The Avengers. Uh, we talked about Captain America. You can also check out, I'm not sure the name of it, I want to say it's Sexual Transparency maybe, but I can't, they've changed the name of it or whatever, but it's, it's, it's former producer Doc Martin's sexual podcast. Um, you may even be able to see pictures of his butt or something. I don't know. Check it out, though. If that's what, not the price of admission, I don't know what <laughs> is. From what I understand, he's having a fun, a good time with it, and that's what matters. And hopefully that some people listen. Also, he's a part of a Simply Drunk. That's run by a couple of very talented actors and actresses from this area. Um, Ronnie Jonah and Jason Crow. They're both two, night, they're two, two good people. You may have seen Jason Crow on The Legend of Wasco County at the Red Box. I think Ronnie Jones has been in a lot of TV shows and movies and things like that. They're local actors and actresses. And uh, they're good friends of Doc, and they run the Simply Drunk podcast. And they talk about stuff that, uh, a lot of nerd things, maybe a few th- same things we talk about, but also they talk about um, independent film and horror movies and things like that, which some of you guys may be interested in a lot, so it's definitely worth checking that out. Um, speaking of other things... I know that Game of Thrones starts tonight, so a lot of people be happy about that. When is the next WWE pay-per-view? Two weeks. WWE payback is in two weeks. Okay. And uh, uh, it's shaping up interesting. Um, real quick, WWE has way too many pay-per-views <laughs> in a year. <laughs> I'm a WWE guy through and through. That's funny, man. I, but I am, as in life, I am a quality over quantity kind of human being. Yes, to sir. each his own. I, if you want to, there is nothing wrong th- with that at all. I had buddy argue with me before, and that's fine. I, I'm well, I'm willing to listen to it. It's just not for me, and that's fine. But there are currently 13 pay per views a year. Okay, 
on the WWE. And that's not... That's that, not even once a month. That's not even including the extra ones like they threw in the one... That's not the takeovers. That's mm-hmm. not the NXT pay-per-views. What about it's, the one member they threw in the one... They threw in an elimination chamber two weeks after another one, and they had three pay-per-views in six weeks. They threw another one, Roadblock or whatever. Roadblock was, was on the one? network only. Yeah. They threw in a bunch of that kind There's of stuff. There's a lot of it. And to I me, it's stretch out on that one. I'm sorry, my leg was like, oh, that's oh, cool. I'm stretching out. Well, here's the thing is, it doesn't really allow wrestlers to tell a story in going into a feud. Mm-hmm. You know, it. I feel like it's a lot of things are forced right now in WWE. And I feel like a lot of the storylines just come together very last minute. Well, I think that the, the, I don't feel like anybody except for Roman is really getting shoved down your throat, though, really, are they? Like, no. For years and years. But I mean, you feel like John like, Cena for years and years. But right now. You know, AJ Styles and Roman Reigns is having a solid build-up. You know, they, okay. they made him the number one contender last week, yes, maybe two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Um, but and then they introduced the, you know, the Gallo. Gallo. Last week. Yeah, yes. they, well, they beat up the Usos two weeks ago. They beat up Roman Reigns last week. You know, so now they're going to, they're teasing a feud at the Bullet Club versus the Shield's going to reunite, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. But, you know, there's rumors going on with that. Well, when um, is Seth Rollins? I know Cesaro's back, and he's been getting a little bit of a push. He's come Cesaro out is in the Intercontinental title mix. He's fighting The Miz for the title oh, at Jesus Payback. Christ. I know that's going to be Brian's piss break. You know, even though as much as he loves Cesaro, <laughs> he can't watch The Miz. Brian's going to be miserable during that match. He's going to be miserable. I mean, dude, there's not... They had a great Miz TV on Monday Night Raw where The Miz was doing like these acting like <laughs> monologues. And he fucked up Taken. He's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from, but I do have a certain set of skills. But he, like, stuttered over it the oh, whole God. time. You know, it's and so the thing good. about it is I hear about all the good stuff he does. Like, you know, everybody's like, that's the thing. Whenever it's fucking can, funny to me because it's terrible. people shit on John Cena, they're always like, oh, he does so much for Make-A-Wish, and he's such a good guy. I'm like, I watch, my boys are watching the, the, the reality show that he's on. I'm like, oh, you can host a fucking reality show, but you can't wrestle? <laughs> you know, you can go out here with these Marines... And the thing is, this has always bothered me, and maybe it's because I'm a dirty, filthy hypocrite myself, but, <laughs> and I'm only a hypocrite about certain things that mean something, like, just because I did drugs in the 90s doesn't mean I want my kids to do drugs in the 2020s. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. makes me a hypocrite. For me to look well, at my kid and uh-huh. go, don't do what I did, that makes me a hypocrite, no matter how we can sugar gloss Do as I say, not do as I do? Yes. But at the same time... I'm not going to stand here and go, hey, don't none of you guys do any wrestling podcasts. You know, I'm not yeah. going to do that. Um, and I think that John Cena and his military love, lust over the military now, he's like, I totally respect River. Then how come you never fucking joined, pal? You know, my uncle, my grandpa, whatever. My, okay, my uncle, my, my, my great-great-grandfather is named, they have a ship named after him. It's a fact. It's the USS Carl Vinson, V-I-N-S-O-N. Look it up, Google it, I'm not full of shit, okay? He was brothers with my great-great-grandfather. My grandfather fought in World War II. I have multiple cousins. My father fought in Korea. My older brother fought in the first Iran-Contra thing. My whole family's military. I love the military, but you don't see me wearing dog tags, fatigues, and talking about how much they are. I, if they, I, 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 it's just annoying to me. He's like he almost wants people to believe he is a marine, you know, on the side, and he's not. He never served a day in his life. He's like, oh, but I do all this stuff to help help him out. Okay, go serve, go serve, go over, go overseas. If you love him that much, go overseas. I mean, to, to me, that's kind of hypocritical. Do you know what I mean? But that's just the way I look at things. I'm an asshole. 
I don't know how to piggyback off of that. <laughs> Was well, there anybody, anything, any, any guys out there that do stuff in WWE? And as you're watching them, you're thinking to yourself, Jesus Christ, I don't want to be watching this guy. And this is why. That's my Ryback. And, and, and it's not It's not about, I don't like the way he he uh, comes across. You know, I'm to be 100% honest, I think it was partly the CM Punk interview that he yeah, was coming yeah, because years you're ago. A punk fan I'm a punk guy. So if I'm, I'm calling it as it is, it is a little... You're a little biased. A little biased. That's okay to be biased. Though. With that said... I think I told you this story about a month ago. I just joined Instagram. All the wrestlers are on Instagram. He's the only one that I have to ask his permission to follow. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, now that uh, Kenny King was another one. But yeah. he, Kenny King accepted me. I don't know. Fuck yeah. Ryback. But he's got zero followers on Twitter. He's got, you know, he's not following anybody. You know, so his social media is just dog shit. He says, yeah, I get it. I get a feeling that that dude just is there for a paycheck and does not care about the wrestling. He doesn't care about getting better. I've watched Ryback for now years, unfortunately. I've watched him since he was a silverback Ryan Reynolds and he sucked sucked shit through. I don't know that, but I saw him at Skip Sheffield and. When it was NXT, <laughs> NXT used we've gone over this. NXT used to be a game show, not yeah. what it is today. And he was on NXT season one with so Daniel Bryan and, yeah. and things of that nature. He was not good then. He got bigger. He's still not good. He's doing jumping. He, he was on. He wasn't even on the pre-show at WrestleMania, and that shit was five hours long. <laughs> oh, so that's so horrible. All do right, I, Joshua? Who's your hated? I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm done. Fuck Ryback. Was you done? Yeah. I know, his, I know his fleece. I know you didn't like the Usos when they came out. You used to not like them. I don't know if that still flew, but is there any of them that you have that kind of feeling Roman towards Reigns. like I do? No, you know, I don't, I don't I hate Roman Reigns. I just go, I don't know. Like, I don't like the fact that he's He hated Adam Cole. When I when I when he was first introducing me to Ring of Honor, I forgot about that. Why did you hate did you hate Adam Cole because he was from CZW and you didn't know about CZW? No, or? it was just because it was like like every like it was like he was winning. I'm like, why is he fucking winning? Like, what is this, <laughs> what does this guy bring to the table? Do you still hate Adam Cole? Him. He don't still hate no, Adam Cole. I, I love fucking Adam Cole, but it's like... I know he likes I the... Like the what? I know how much you like the Adam Cole baby. I just didn't know yeah. you like the Adam Cole person. No, I like, I like Adam Cole. Like, you know, I enjoy him. I enjoy his moments. Like that. But I don't really hate anybody in this there's been a lot of rumors right now that there's going to be a brand split so we're assuming roman reigns is the champion on raw you could put anybody as champion on smackdown who do you make the face of smackdown i know who he makes the face of smackdown but you know no, i mean i, I, want, I, I don't i don't necessarily believe that if they do a brand split that doesn't necessarily mean oh we're gonna have two champions okay I, it, it got out of it but i think the stars of like 
it'll probably go back to the way it was, where SmackDown was having quality matches while Raw was just more entertaining. So, you know, if anything, give it to AJ. I mean, AJ's been on a roll. He's been having good matches. People are going behind him. You know, so why not make it AJ, you know? I heard his push is coming to an end, his main event push. I don't know why. I mean, he, really? wow, never good. it's just something on the internet. You can take everything from it with a grain of yeah. salt for them. Um, I'll tell you what. I like the fact that we have so many stars in WWE right now. And I like the fact that I like the direction a lot of it's going. Um, but people were complaining. They were saying it's fucking stupid that Shane O'Mac had this match against Taker. He lost. And yet, still, he got to run raw for a few weeks anyway. <laughs> it's like Vince is like, "Fuck you! I'll do what we want to do." You know, you know it is. It doesn't matter. I, it's it's a little bit irritating to me, but it, I, I didn't get all up in arms about it because wrestling's kind of nonsensical anyway. You know what I'm saying? There's so much nonsensical shit in it anyway. <laughs> you can't pick apart the littlest things because then if you do, you drive yourself crazy. Um, the one thing that I have noticed is that I've noticed more people that. I'm not going to say there's a boom coming because that's kind of wishful thinking, but people that normally you wouldn't think would be into wrestling are getting into wrestling a little more now. Yeah, I actually, like, uh, my next door neighbor just watched his first wrestling match in January. He watched the Royal Rumble. Yeah. My next door neighbor, he's 32 years old. He's never watched, he didn't grow up with it. Yeah. It was not ever in his home, but a friend of his has always been on it and been jamming on it. He actually knows um, Michael Hayes, okay. uh, but it's through uh, his uh, board gaming, which yeah. Michael Hayes is big on. Oh, so, Michael Hayes is big on lots of stuff. He's big on uh, Xbox and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Hayes is a good person. He's an all-around good person. Great person. Man. So like, we started talking about him, and he was, and I was like, oh, I do a podcast. He's like, oh, I just watched my first wrestling show ever. And I was like, that's dope, though. Yeah, because I've noticed that like there's more people coming to Independence, and there's um, I feel grateful and blessed that I was able to be around the Independence scene in this area as much as I have not being a wrestler. Um, and... I've never came out and told everyone, you know, how I know everyone. Everybody's has their, everybody's heard classes of origin story about how he went to, you know, he did his, his, his wrestling and 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 went to train at Kaida Pro, and everybody found out, you know, about how Doc, the ex producer, he, you know, was a producer for OVWTV or whatever. Um, we had a backyard pro wrestling, believe it or not, and I was the old guy doing backyard wrestling, but it was more fun than anything. And we didn't do anything crazy, really. It wasn't like the other crazy back at wrestlers. We were more into, like, telling the stories and cutting the promos. You weren't throwing people off roofs and things like no, that No, no, no. We were, like, maybe do a suplex on a trampoline. Sure. Or something silly, but it wasn't nothing big. And I was young. I mean, I was probably, say, maybe teens, early 20s. And we kept we kept doing it for a long time. We'd stop, and then we'd do it again, and we stopped. And then when IWA came around, I'm, like, 20. 324 and they have this rental where you can rent the ring mm-hmm. and we like, raffled or said you get two hours of ring rental and I, I bought tickets and I lost <laughs> and so the next week I bought tickets again and I went over to, to Ian Rotten and I told him I said actually I said if I lose this one I want to rent the ring and he's like well, we'll talk but I'm not really doing ring rentals yet that's too much trouble I'm like okay he had this hotline so me and two of my friends kept calling that hotline <laughs> and going, hey man, when you go rent the ring to the hecklers, rent the ring to us with the back row hecklers. That's where the name of this podcast came from. Dope. And Ian Rotten came over. He goes, you guys, the back row hecklers. And my only two friends are shaking their head, no, no, no. And they were like, <laughs> I was like 21. I think they were 15, 16. Yeah, you know everything. Yeah. I was like, I shook my head. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> he's like, you guys want to rent the ring? I was like, yeah. He goes, man, it's gonna be 40 bucks for two hours, 20 bucks an hour. 
There's no way he goes, but all you have to sign permission slips. He goes, and if you're under 18, you have to take it home and have your mother or parent or dad sign it. And he goes, any of y'all under, all y'all are under 18. And I shook my head, no, and they put their hands up. So he gave them slips. They went home and had them signed. And then I got my best friend who passed away. His name's Jeremy Davis. I got permission slips from here for him. And all four of us went around the ring for me and Rod. It was in 1996. My friend, who you've heard on here before, Nathan Future, who makes the, the little thing for class that he hates so much. He got in the ring, took one bump, hit his head, got out of the ring, and didn't get back in for the whole two hours. <laughs> he thought it was going to be like landing on a trampoline. And he had no thud. idea. He thudded his head, almost got a concussion, and was done. The first bump I took, I thought, oh my God, how does anybody ever do this? over and over and over again in a match. This is like laying on concrete. How do they do this? Huh? This is the most craziest thing ever. And then I was told, don't think about it, just do it. Just do it. And then I had a couple of the guys that wrestled there, and they'd come up to the ring and was talking to us and telling us things, and they were like, when you take this turnbuckle, do it this way. And I'm not going to get on here and tell people how to do things or whatever. They're like, do it like this, that way you don't hurt your back. They're like, when you, whenever you hit the ropes, make sure you put your hand up there and you grab the top rope every time. And they give us all these little secrets. And when I walked away, you know, people talk about drugs, or they talk about this, that, or whatever, but walking away from that that ring rental that day, I was sore, and I was beat up, but man, I was the happiest guy I'd ever been in, that probably one of the happiest I've been in my life, because I had been in a wrestling ring. <laughs> I had been in the ring, with all these guys I've watched my whole life, you know, and even these guys I'd have, yeah, I've been watching for the last year and a half, I was in the ring, you know, I was, I was like, they're like, hey, go to the top turnbuckle and do something. Halfway through the thing, I'm like, no, no, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm going to fall. Dude, I, well, no, I was just scared because that first bump it took so much out of me, you know? Uh. And then I did a leg drop. I thought, oh, well, that wasn't too bad. And then I did the elbow drop. And when I did the elbow drop, I like, landed on skin my knee because I hit knee first. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. And so we're going home, and they were like, everybody was in such a horrible mood. They were like, oh, it's so We're terrible. never doing this again. It's so terrible. We can't do this. And my best friend, Jeremy, he was doing backflips off the top rope. <laughs> first time we went to the ring, swear to God, he did a fucking He got this. He did a moonsault landing on his feet. First yeah. time. You know, and he was like, um, he was trying to do the sit down, the uh, the, the split leg moonsault. Mm-hmm. He was trying to show off and do that. But he was kind of like a gymnast football player type kid anyway, you know? Yeah. And he was showing <laughs> off. And right away, Ian Rotten and all the, and some of the other guys were like, dude, you could do this. You could be in this, you know? And. To me, I was like heartbroken. I was like, "Fuck!" I was the one that was supposed to be. That was supposed to be me, you know. <laughs> I fucking sucked at it. I couldn't even run the ropes. But we started learning, and then he was like, we, "I told him I was like, we have there's so many different backyard feds," and then he opened up the ring run and let people go there and have their own little shows, and that's where we got in trouble <laughs> because there was other ring run guys there, and they talk shit. Well, the one thing we couldn't wrestle because we were untrained garbage, mm-hmm. but we could talk shit. <laughs> and they all had their little hotlines, so we called each other and cussed each other out. But I met people there that I still to this day, 20 years later, still talk to. And Ian Rod started having seminars, teaching us how not to get hurt. And we escalated to the point to where when we ran our, what we would call a program show of the guys, then some of Ian's guys would show up and do like a run-in and do something to one of us or whatever. So our program was the cool program. Cool. Because it had the IWA guys that yeah. would come and help us. And the guy who did that first was Roland Hart. Rest in peace, Lenny Montgomery. Him, he was a friend of Jeremy's. He became a friend of mine, and he came and showed us. And then all the other guys started showing up after him because they thought, oh, well, if he's cool, we don't have to hang around Roland. He's cool enough to hang around us. Suicide Kid Jake Boyer was one of them. 
And what's funny is people talk about Hosea. Hosea was with us. He was a 15-year-old kid with us hanging out. You know, he wasn't in IWA yet. And then the kickboxer saw him and was like, hey, man, I could train this kid. He went and got trained properly how to do it through kickboxer. Um, I got many offers to be a wrestler and to go wrestle in this for BBW, for a number of different places, from just what the experience I had. I could have went and done that many times, but I knew better than to get in the ring until I was fully trained. I wasn't going to do it. Where nowadays, no offense, there's pieces of shit now I see wrestle that I look at them and think, Get them out. You should not belong in the ring. You need to be trained. You know. And if I say that, then people think I'm an asshole or I'm, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. In that case, I'm not being a hypocrite. Because it's the opposite. I was in your situation. And I chose the right path. You're choosing the wrong one. You're gonna hurt, get hurt, or hurt somebody. That's why I tell everyone who will listen: get trained, go to a reputable school, get trained. It's not something that you can do. People are like, oh, well, what about on the job training? Stone Cold said, I was like, you're picking one or two examples out of millions. What about the kid that broke his neck and died? What about kids that get the separated shoulders? What about kids that hurt other people? Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean. And then they're right about in the heyday of this, Ian loses his building. And so we have no place to train. So we start training at Danny Davis's at OVW. He starts running the ring to us. And Danny would videotape it. And we had our own little promotion. And we had our own tag champs and our own regular champs. And I was the guy that got to book that. And so other guys from different federations, from OVW or from IWA or whatever, they would be there anyway because they would be at the ring. And they would come and talk to us and chill out. And they would give us tips and pointers. I'll never forget Cashflow was telling me I was learning how to go across the ring and like you know how Ambrose would run up the ropes and then turn around and come out and do something. Mm-hmm. I was I could one time I could run all the way up the ropes, turn around, jump, land on the top rope the other way around, and then jump off and do a clothesline or elbow whatever cool. I needed to do. I was almost three hundred pounds, like two eighty five, this time. And he would say he's like, dude, when you jump to that second rope, you got to watch yourself. Your knees are buckling. You need to make sure you put your weight on your you know you land land more solid instead of trying to put all the weight on your knees and sure enough I ended up blowing my knee completely out oh. and, and it was horrible but I was like you know I, I can rehab it and I can I can do this and I I can do that and I kept trying trying and I, it'd be a little better and I start wrestling again and go out again and so in 2001 I had a knee surgery and I was about six days out of knee surgery and I was engaged to a beautiful girl that I met, um, we've been going together about six months. I'd already proposed to her. And uh, about, I think it was day seven, I started to cool her attached to my leg from my reconstructive knee surgery. And um, she called me on the phone that morning, and she was like, um, you're going to be a father. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And so I had to make a decision then of whether I was going to explore being a professional wrestler, which I never was great at by any means. But I could have been a jobber, you know. Um, or I was going to get a real job and, and become, you know, um, a family man, a father. And anybody who knows me knows I chose Route B. Um, a lot of people that chose Route A back in the day um, aren't with us anymore, are gone. They, they've died. They've passed away. My best friend's gone. That rolling hard guy that I talked to you guys about, he's gone. He, he passed away from cancer a little while back. Um, and with all the deaths this, this week, it makes me think about all those guys that are gone now that, that were part of my lives and meant so much. And you hung around them and you hung around them every day. And so they were part of your life and you, you know, and then you grow up and you get your family and you realize that all that is insignificant. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, 
back to the wrestling real quick. I just wanted to give the Brian Vincent origin story because everybody else has gave their origin story. You know, <laughs> I never really got a chance to come out and say, here's the way, this is why. You know, when people say, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about, you, you never wrestled. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I've never claimed to be an independent wrestler, but if you think I don't know what it's like to get in a ring and take a bump or to get in head with, hit in the head with a steel chair or to fall into barbed wire, then you might want to ask somebody because I do know what that's like. Doesn't mean I was any good at it. Doesn't mean I put myself on the same level as any of you guys. I'm just saying. Me personally, I've been liking Lucha Underground. I know you haven't got to watch it a lot, man. I have not. And you haven't even got to watch TNA because of Pop. And I've been hearing a lot of bad things about TNA. I gave up on TNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have given up on TNA. But Lucha I Under- gave it two episodes. I tried. I gave it four hours of my time and I wanted it back. <laughs> Me and, and there's some talent on that show. Trevor Lee, as the X Division champion, made me want to watch it. Yep. And I still don't want to watch it. <laughs> Dude, that fucking kid is... I know you said it before, but I've actually heard him talk. Uh, he was very vocal on the last PWG DVD, and he is fucking country as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. is North Carolina, born and bred. Yeah. Yeah, you can fucking I tell you what though The kid's good Oh I don't take anything He's one of my favorites man I'm if a you, big Trevor Lee guy I don't know if you guys remember this But remember when we were podcasting and, and, and Drake Younger went to the WWE And became a ref And I remember telling you guys When he made the move to Cali About how when he was here, how nice he was to all of us, and how him and Jose are really tight. Mm-hmm. You know, they all came from; they were all trained by American Kickboxer. Um, he was really tight with J.C. Bailey, who was a friend of ours that we used to wrestle in his backyard. Actually, um, when Drake Younger went to Northern Cali, he left when he left Florida and went to, to uh, Northern Cali to wrestle for a while. I seen a tape of him wrestling somebody named Jeff Cobb. Dude was a fucking monster. Yeah, he was so good. He's a big. He, he was an Olympic. He was in an alternate Olympics, I think, in wrestling. But he was fantastic. And then I found out that that's the guy who is Dario Quintus's brother under the hood on Lucha Underground. Uh-huh. I forget, Man- Mantenus Cuerto or whatever. And when you see him in this gauntlet match they have, and he comes out and he's destroying these people, part of you hates him immediately because you're like, oh, man, he's he, he's killing all these dudes, you know? He's <laughs> killing... He, but... I'm glad that they, they they brought Ray in and they pushed him to the the front, but they also gave Brian Cage a huge push. Mm. And the one who I feel like really isn't getting any love at all this year is Drago. Like we've only seen him once or twice the whole season. I mean, you've seen Phoenix, you've seen Mil Moretes, you've seen, of course, you know the the biggest you've seen one Pentagon. The, Pentagon's one of the biggest stars of the of the whole thing. There's a rumor he's gonna go against Zach and PWG for a chip. In the near future, mm, that'd be really nice. He's uh, he actually is getting take taking on Shane Mercer oh. in South Bend, Indiana. Dope. Yes, in July. Wow, well, I would love to see that. I would because Mercer is good, man, and him get Pentagon Junior against him. That's a big step up competition for Mercer. It really yes, is. That yeah. would... oh. well, and in regards to Drago, I know he was feuding with uh, Jack Evans. I don't know. It's, you know oh, Evans is in Lucha. Yeah, no oh, idea. he's doing great in Lucha too. He's good. doing the same stick yeah. he's doing in PWG kind good. of. I think. He's doing the Stone Cold Jack Evans. Yeah, he's doing. Well, he's doing something similar to the Stone Cold Jack Evans, but uh, it's actually his last match on the last episode of Lucha Underground. He was just like basically avoiding the tag by any means, and he's telling PJ Black, like, "No, I gotta warm up. I gotta warm up." <laughs> <laughs> I think like uh, to, to add to 
Ryan's question, I think what's happening now is that they're having this uh, trios tournament match thing going on. I don't think we'll see anything with Drago, but I think as it concludes, we'll see the program pick up with, with him and uh, Jack Evans feuding again because they were having a little story going. Yeah, so I know. I think, so I think it'll come back. Yeah, it's been good. And but uh, Ricochet, uh, King Puma, he's been kind of like he like the first season that was all. Well, here. that was his championship. Run. Yeah, it was his championship run or whatever. I'm glad to see he's he's able to just you're seeing enough of him where you don't forget about him or whatever. But he's definitely not the star of Lucha Underground season two. You'd have to say. It's, it's so like you you hit a point there, but like I think about it, and I'm like, this is a show where it could benefit maybe an hour and a half. Now, I'm not saying two hours, but maybe an hour and a half where we can get everybody on the roster or get like little blips of people because like you know you, you do forget about certain people like yeah. I forgot about Travel fucking Guerrero and then he pops up you know and I'm like oh shit and then uh, they did like a little storyline with Joey Ryan and I'm like oh shit I forgot Joey Ryan's still there you know yeah. so I think maybe hopefully if Lucha Underground gets successful to the point where they go well maybe we can give them an extra 30 minutes they can like involve more people and you don't forget about people you know yeah. that's just me it's been really, really. This season has been better than the first season in my eyes, but I think that they have yeah. they've been cramming a lot more substance in this season. There's a little bit more storytelling and, and building of angles in this one than there was yeah. in the first one by far, and a little bit less in ring. Yeah, but it's the quality has definitely went up went up a notch, and I think that they uh, they're on iTunes now. Where mm-hmm. You can get it per episode, but I think if it goes to Netflix like it's supposed to, someone said season one might be going to Netflix. I think if it does, it's going to explode. I hope so. It explode yeah. because people will love it. I mean, they're filming season three right now. Yeah. That program, you know, it's a very good alternative to, you know, Raw uh, and SmackDown. And even, and even to TNA and stuff. Yeah, and even to the indies because it has a mix of everything and uh, it's really good. Yeah. And, and some I would tell anybody, if you, if you want to see an independent style match, watch Lucha Underground. Yeah. You get that. You get Lucha Libre. You get... Strong style, yes. You get, you know? Yes. My my thing I want to say to all the indie wrestlers, my friends and some of the indie guys who listen to this podcast, you know, and the ones that, you know, I've talked to and hooked up with shirts or whatever, the one thing I want to say is watch the guys' matches before you, please. Or at least listen to what they're doing. Every single, I'm getting so tired of a lot of indie matches having two guys in the middle of the ring throwing fists and forearms at each other's face for 45 seconds as hard as they can. I'm getting tired of seeing cannonballs in the corner in one way, shape, form, or another. If the guy's laying there like he would if X-Pac was going to give him a bucking Bronco, and whether you flip, jump, whatever, if your ass, butt, back of your head, neck, knee, whatever, hits him, it's a cannonball. Okay? If you do that every single match, it makes the cannonball not worth shit. You know? When you see the same dudes doing the same things all the time, the one thing I can say about Mr. Reed Bentley is lots of times you never see guy him do something in a match that lots of other guys do. It's like he makes sure that, you know, some of the stuff he does is stuff that other people wouldn't do in a match. Um, I do want to say that IWA Mid-South has a show coming up this Sunday, uh, May 1st. It's at Pride. You can look on IWA Mid-South uh, on Facebook. And get the card. Um, a couple matches I know of is the Bomb Shelter is taking one. I can't remember for the life of me, but I know they're back. You also have uh, Teddy King versus JJ Garrett. You have Reed Bentley versus Congo Kong for the strap. 
you have Murdoch taking on a returning Matt Cage, which should be a good match. Um, the same day, in Evansville, Kentucky, Outcast Wrestling Syndicate has a show. Um, I'm not quite sure. Sure, IWA card. And also, the, the System poster. versus the Vikings, too, is on there, and Derek Neal versus J.C. Rotten. Um, the bell time on that, they moved that bell time. What's that bell time to? I'm sorry. Uh, I had him looking something up when I was Bell time is 3.30. Doors at 2.45. Yep. So that's something you definitely want to check out if you live in New Albany or in, in this area. You want to check that out. Where is the... What you looking for? I had it on here and I lost <laughs> it. Outcast Wrestling. Oh, something about Green Lantern Corp. Something on my phone. Uh, on the same day... But it's at May 1st at 5 p.m. Central Time at the Holiday Inn in Evansville, Indiana. At the Evansville Airport, Outcast Wrestling Syndicate presents Decision 2016. Now, front row is $15. I'm pretty sure it's already sold out. Um, the non-gold ticket opens at 5, 4 p.m. and bell time's at 5. The gold ticket for the meet and greet and the ballroom brawl and everything, it starts at 3 p.m. I think that's like five extra bucks on either tickets to get that. There's a ballroom match. Uh, you get an extra ballroom brawl match on there. There's a double main event. I want you guys to listen to this if you don't know who they are. But the crown jewel, Chase Owens, is taking on my boy, the Hood Ninja, Isaiah. Uh-oh. That's the first main event. Chase Owens is fantastic. He was. You should know who he is. Um, previous guest on here, Jason the Gift Kincaid, will be taking on Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. You got the sports entertainer in a juggalo street fight versus uh, Nick Depp, sports entertainer versus Two Tough Tony, teacher versus student, former backrow heckler Gary J. He's been on the show a couple times against Austin Blackburn. You got a three way dance with Adam Castor versus Pierre, a- Pierre Abernathy and Daniel Eads. Pierre Abernathy's one half of the submission squad. You've heard of that guy before, I'm sure. Um, Chad Rockman versus the immaculate Mike Micus. Bull Bar- David versus Goliath Math match. Bull Bronson versus Jim Town, Harry Chase, Nally, all that and much, much more. Um, that's going to be something to be seen. From what I understand, um, I've had a couple different people uh, tell me that there may be. I may end up having um, doing commentary on that show. So we will see if I make the trip to Evansville next week or if I'm able to make IWA. Needless to say, we won't be back till after Derby probably with another podcast. If when we are here, I do plan on trying to have a guest for us. I'm not going to announce who that guest is until I can make sure. But it's going to be working. And yeah, it's going to be a good <laughs> one. I don't want to pop it off and then it be somebody that's not. Um, we do want to get into Raw real quick. I'm sorry, I've seen something that said Green Lantern Corpse is going to have a film. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I know it says how John and Kyle Rayner will all be in 2020 in the hit Green Lantern's Corpse movie. That's not, that's pretty good. But it has nothing to do with that. Guy Gardner? Come on, what kind of shit is that? I don't know. How are you going to have John Stewart and not have Guy Gardner? And that has nothing to do with anything racial. I just like Guy Gardner. <laughs> um, right now, let me ask you uh, if you had a chance, if they did split up the brands and they had Raw and SmackDown. You ask him who would be your flagship guy at SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Who would yours be? Since you already got... Finn Balor. So. I would pull him up and put Finn Balor. I would make SmackDown NXT. At least, I would put a lot more NXT talent on the SmackDown side. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a lot of talent that is not being seen in the WWE at the moment. Guys like Rich Swan and Biff Busick and... You know, we talked about the indie guys coming into NXT and things of that nature. Yeah. You know, I would want to see them on a television week in and week out. Yeah. And and I was the first one to shit on Enzo and Big Cass. 
because of their in-ring. You know, but I watched their match. On Monday? Or was it? It was the match they had, I think, the night after WrestleMania, I guess, when they made their debut. They talked to the Dudley boys the night after Mania. And the match next week. And then they fought the Dudleys on Raw. When they fought the Dudleys on Raw, three things. Number one, as soon as their music hit, and as soon as they walked out, pops over as fuck. Now, they're in Britain. I don't know if Britain's always been kind of a strange crowd. Yeah, but they were over But they're over as fuck. Yeah, it wasn't like, they were over like main event over. Yeah. No, and that little little Italian hook comes on. Yeah, it wouldn't like just, nah, it's okay. They were over as fuck. If you compare that to the Vaudevillains, who also made their in-ring Raw debut, they've been on SmackDown the last couple weeks. I mean, Vaudevillains, people were quiet. Yeah, it was like crickets. Yeah, and I like and the bald villains. I do too. I think they're in. I think they're entering way better than Enzo and Cass. Yes, agree. But one thing I'd never noticed about Enzo and Mori that I do notice now, and I think Josh may agree with me on this, is that when you are watching them, it takes me back a little bit to the old days of tag team because when Enzo's in the ring, like he'll get he'll come in and he'll start to do his little stick or whatever. But then when the bad guys start beating on him. He doesn't really fight back. He builds up for that hot tag, for that heat to cast. Yes. Like, he doesn't really... You don't see him doing, like, five He's, high spots. He may jump out of the ring and evade. Mm-hmm. Or he may throw a couple shots at your midsection or throw an elbow at you or something, you know, like if you got to run a waist. But for the most part... He is he's a ragdoll. He's taking that Ricky Morton heat, man. He, he is. really is. And, and he's good at it. And he's fucking good at it. And I never give him that credit because I wanted to see him go in there... You know, tag matches, no offense, but tag matches, if you see Matt Sidell or Ricochet against the Young Bucks, mm-hmm. is Ricochet going to not do any offensive moves for eight minutes and just get beat on waiting for the tag to Sidell? Fuck no. No, he's going to be getting all kinds of, you know, it's going to be 50-50, you know what I mean? They're not doing that. They're going back to the old school. It's interesting you point this, bring this up because Enzo's going to be smaller than a lot of the guys that he wrestles. Yes. You know, so he is going to get, especially against the Dudleys. Yes. Um, but on Wednesday, well, when I quote Wednesday because NXT is obviously pre-taped. Uh, yeah. They had a match with American Alpha, who are now the NXT champions with uh, Gable and Jordan. Who are fantastic in-ring-wise. In-ring-wise fantastic. And Gable's great on the stick. Jordan's getting there. He's, mm. It's taken him a long time, but, you know, he's, his react, his facial reactions are getting better. But, side note, I just... Did you me- see the meme where it looks like Jordan, somebody's kid? <laughs> no. Who was it? It was like Kurt Angle and... Booker T, Booker T's Oh no! It was like if it really, if he really had, if that really happened, it was on Charmel's uh, uh, Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah. it was so funny because it it looked that's great. It's funny. It was really good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring this up is because you're talking about he he doesn't fight back, and I can understand him not fighting back or he's going to elude against the Dudley Boys. He was doing that against Chad Chad Gable as well, who's almost the same. Who's the same size as not the same size? It's a little different build. Well, the but thing it's, is, it's interesting it, to me that Gable can, you know, do a lot of things that Enzo can't. I think he's doing that though for a reason. He, if he once he gets in his hope spots, his little shine spots or whatever, mm-hmm. which gives the crowd a little hype or whatever, it does. That, you know, and the bad thing is you don't see in WWE. You'll see an independent show where they'll tag and the referee don't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're scared to make the referee look stupid, right? Which is dumb as hell because no, they, they, they don't do that they, anymore. They don't do it in WWE no more because they're afraid it makes the referee. Ref, who buys a ticket to see a referee? You know what I'm saying? That I mean, Eddie a, Guerrero was the best at that. That yeah. was he was he was so fucking funny. I mean, he, to this you, day, he, you I still laugh. Yes, 
when Eddie Guerrero versus Ken Anderson, and he Ken Anderson throw or Eddie throws a chair at Anderson right before he hits the mat with the chair and he knocks himself out. Yeah. And the ref sees it and he hears it and he makes Smiles, him look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah, but he wins the match because yeah. it's a DQ and it's like, yeah, the ref looks like an idiot. Yeah. And you know what? It's okay. He's allowed. Yes, that's what he's there for. The ref is there to get the match over just like every other fucking asshole. Yes. I mean, no offense. But the, the cast, and, and then when Big Cass comes in, <clears throat> he's house of fire. He doesn't botch when he comes in. No. <clears throat> that was my main problem with, people always said, oh, why do you not like Shitma so much? He doesn't botch. Just because you don't botch don't mean that you're not interesting. You're, his offense is... Mm, it's, I hate him for the same reason. It's I mundane. Think, I, I don't like it's him the, for the same reason. I think Josh doesn't like... Reigns, I think. Well, Reigns is kind of shoved down our throats. I think that might be. I don't. Sheamus was too, though. Yeah, when he first came in, I mean, well, I think the reason I didn't like Sheamus was because everybody was telling me I should. Everybody was like, "Oh, this guy's really good." I don't know why people don't like him. I'm like, he's fucking pasty and he sucks. I enjoyed his, you know, one eight hundred fella gimmick he had going on for a while. I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. funny. That's okay. You, I mean, you. you but I'm also like twelve at, at heart when I watch wrestling. I'll be the first to tell you. I'm the same way. I'm like a little fucking kid, man. Like I get little goosebumps. Like when we're sitting there live, and my kid, my my oldest son, goes, "No offense, Dad. I'm just all wrestling out." We had been to a wrestling show. We had watched some other wrestling, and Nakamura versus Sammy's going to come on, and he's like, "I'm all wrestling out." I was like, "Son." You know what you're missing. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's okay. Well, I'll watch it later, Dad. I'm like, okay, we can watch it later. But I'm watching it now. <laughs> so I sit there and watch it, watch it. And when Nakamura comes out and the whole place is going nuts, dude. That I'm telling you, awesome. I got fucking, like, my hair on my arms are standing up. And my fat ass is sitting on the edge of the couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for him and Zane to come out and fucking kill it. And they did good. And I'm not shitting on that match. But, I mean, it's just, I feel like. Were you letting down? to everybody and going, no, hell no. I feel like pointing to everybody and going, you know what? Until a year and a half ago, I didn't know who the fuck Nakamura was. He's been around forever until a year and a half ago. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. If Chris Gladys hadn't came in and started doing a podcast telling me to watch New Japan, and everybody watching New Japan likes different people. You know, most people like uh, Tanahashi and Okada. They love Okada. To me, Tanahashi and Okada, when I watched them in New Japan, were kind of like watching Cena and, Owen, I mean, Cena and Orton to me, you know? We're watching Nakamura. You know, that dude's like a mix between Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson, and, and, and freaking uh, um, Ric Flair in his prime. I mean, it's just... Yeah, and he, he throws Bruce Lee's style kick. Exactly. And he's got that, that fucking... The, when he, the real knee, the real Bommie, not that shit he's throwing in WWE. That knee that he was throwing, oh my God. If you've seen some of the memes where he's taking AJ's head off with it and shit, mm-hmm. oh... Um, that would be my smackdown, dude. I'd bring that motherfucker up. He'd be holding the strap, and then everybody that steps up and be eating that fucking knee. That would be my smackdown, dude. If I yeah. Had I mean, like, I, you guys watch NXT? Like, I haven't watched NXT. I know he, he wrestled like about two weeks in a row. I haven't watched NXT. He watched, He wrestled Ty last Wednesday. Not this past Wednesday. The Wednesday before. And I do it. You know, obviously it's all done because he's wrestling yeah. Joe on house shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, because people were blowing up the internet the night he wrestled Joe on that oh house show. They were God. like, a fucking house show? Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. That's good. But, uh, but uh, he fought Ty two Wednesdays ago in the main event. It was Ty Dillinger versus Nak- because Nakamura made his in-ring NXT debut versus the TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Um, I do watch all the pay-per-views. It was an interesting match. You know, I mean, it's, it's NXT. You're not going to get, you know, TakeOver-style stuff. But, you know... <laughs> That, that they were still in Dallas, so mm-hmm. the Dallas crowd was still there, and I'm sure it was a lot of the same people. So, you know, the Ty Dillinger was getting his 10 chance, and Nakamura was getting his 11 chance, you know, <laughs> just because he has to be one up. 
you know, but Ty was doing his thing, and he, but you know, obviously Nakamura won. And next, this coming Wednesday, he fights the Drifter Elias Sampson in the main event. Who I'm? But he hasn't gotten on the stick, right? Like, I'm, I'm no, he's not on the microphone. No, he has not cut a promo. Yeah. Uh, William Regal was the one that told the Drifter Elias Sampson, who a lot of people do not like. I have to watch him. I haven't I, seen him. He, he, do you know who he looks like? Yeah. yeah he looks like, you know, Damian Sandow and Seth Rollins had a kid. Yeah, yeah. I but um, I like the character. I'm not sure if the right guy's doing it. I think he came from the indies, but he could be a football. Ex-football. I'm not sure. They, they, don't, they don't. He's one of those, like, they're trying to stay, like, within it. And they're like, oh, we don't talk to him. He's a weirdo. You know, so, like, commentary's yeah, not saying, helping anything. Yeah, where he came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, know, yeah. I don't know his real name or anything Because like that's that. the thing about people show up and I don't know. Like, I don't. I didn't know... I knew right away when, and not to switch gears, but like we're talking about who people are when they show up. Lots of people are like, oh, well, who's that? And who's he from? Whatever. Mm-hmm. The girls, I knew on Lucha Underground that was cheerleader fucking Melissa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right away, I knew that was cheerleader Melissa. And then the other girl, I thought was um, uh, Thunder Rosa, but I wasn't sure. And then when I looked up, I thought, okay, that is Thunder Rosa. And the reason I know her, one of our good friends, he doesn't listen to the podcast because he's not a big podcast guy, but he goes to all the shows and stuff. His name is Dustin Harden. He actually went with me and the boys to watch Deadpool this year. Um, he's a real good cat. like him a lot. He's a huge fan of Hudson Envy. But he hangs around. He went to fl- flew out to California and hung out for the weekend with her and her husband. They t- show, took him sightseeing and shit. Thunder Rosa from Lucha Underground. That was really cool. Her real name's like Mel Cervantes or Cervacus or something. And he had pictures and stuff. And I was like, dude, that is so fucking cool, man. That he's just that much of a fan that, that he gets to do shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. It is dope. If I was a single dude, man, I'd be that same type of dude. I'd be like, hey, man, I'll fly out there and hang out with y'all shit, you know? <laughs> um, I think if I had to pick, though, I still, I, I said this before, people thought I was crazy. I just think, I haven't even been watching. Like, I would never miss, if Lucha Underground's when it finally hits Time Warner Cable, which some days is two or three days behind, sometimes a week behind, me and my son always watch it. But, man, I haven't, I haven't watched an NXT episode since Dallas. And they got all this talent in the world, but I haven't well, it's, watched it's it. It's interesting because the fo- the following Wednesday, it was on a Friday, yeah. and then the following Wednesday, the NXT show was Fallout. It was all interviews and replays of the uh, the NXT table. Oh, and it had uh, Elias Sampson versus Apollo Crews, which was, suppo- or, it was supposed to. It was supposed to be in it. Was got, it any good? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. It was okay. It was. It wasn't your cup of tea. It's not even that it wasn't my cup of tea. It was. I'm glad it wasn't on the NXT. Take over. That's that makes um, sense. It would. It would have been a. Good, it's a good what NXT. Laughing it's about? a good NXT match, Dick. <laughs> He's laughing because that's Matt's what Matt's nice way of saying fuck that. It sucked. Is that why you're laughing? I'm glad I have to sit through it on a pay per view. That's his way of shitting on it without wiping. <laughs> yeah. Which is it's funny. Nice guy, Matt. Like, but like. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm glad. I'm surprised you guys aren't talking about a Ring of Honor trip, dude. With fucking the machine guns against the Bucks against, uh, I think it's Rapunga Vice or somebody else. There's like an eight man coming up. It's the Bullet Club. Oh yeah, that's a that's a bad thing, man. We used to get Ring of Honor around here. I used to watch it religiously. Now it's on Sinclair. I don't. I have to go to online. If I have to go online and watch it, I'm probably not going to watch it. I mean, we kind of got, like, the shit under the stick because, you know, the, now that they've gotten bigger in a sense and, they're, you know, they're, you know, expanding their reach, they're kind of alienating the people because, like, one of the things, uh, you know, they used to do, like, two pay-per-views here, two big events here, a year. Yeah. And, like, we only, like, we're only getting, like, maybe one TV taping uh, for one of the, 
the tours leading up to one of their pay-per-view events. And now uh, we get the, the Brooklyn Baseball Stadium card, too, which in all sense, it's, it's a good card, but it's not something to get hyped for because there's nothing eating into it. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a glorified house show. And they took away one of the, their main marquee events, you know, where they held, like, the event. I wouldn't say their WrestleMania, but it was one of their marquee shows at New York called Final Battle, and it's not in New York anymore. Uh, so it's see. like they kind of alienated New York, and people in New York are kind of, like, bummed out because, you know, you know they were the biggest supporters of ROH, so. That is you know, true. That's kind of like shitting on your hometown, you know? It is, but I, you, I, I know, I'm sure it's apples to oranges. I hate the full cell university crowd oh, okay. because they feel like they deserve every fucking NXT show ever. Oh yeah, and I'm yeah. like, nah, they need to move. They need to move. You feel they don't like need to come to Kentucky once every you know four years or anything. But they got to get out of fucking Florida once in a while. S- suck it up, assholes. They're already doing that though. It seems like they're like they're on. They are, hour, yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. If NXT say was to come to Expo Five, yeah. where they have the where uh, shameless plug, where two weeks ago for Hard Rock MMA. Yours truly was on the <laughs> iPaper. If you go look that up, Wait a minute. Rock MMA '79. Um, they didn't have a name at, at the time. I think it was, but it was at the Expo Five Hard Rock MMA '79. Seven, uh, Eighty just had might have been '78. '79 happened this weekend. I think I get my numbers mixed up. You know I'm terrible. Um, but Hard Rock MMA had a show in Bowling Green last night, the same night as a pay per view, uh, UFC pay per view. But two weeks back, they had one at the Expo Five, and. Um, I was chosen to be one of the color commentators. Me and... It's going to bother me now. I had his name for 15 minutes in my head. He's such a nice guy. And I forget the guy's name I sit next to. But I've met him that night. It's hilarious because he knew all the fighters. Mm-hmm. He grew up around all the guys. He still trains at 502 MMA. So he is the me equivalent of the local wrestling area. <laughs> you know? Cool. When it comes to MMA. So he was able to help out with the... Uh, he, he, had, he knew all the names and where everybody came from. And I was able to actually almost do play by play, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, when Joshua was in town, he helped me out because when we watched the pay per view at your house, I was quizzing you right and left. You remember, I'd be like, "Okay, man, why is he getting up on this side?" And he's like, "No, nah, man, it's because he's got the wizard." You know, it was starting to get on Joshua's nerves <laughs> a little bit because he was like, "Jesus, want to hang out with Matt too?" And Brian keeps asking me questions, but I knew you had trained MMA, so it was, you know, what I'm saying it was like I get a chance to pick your brain. Josh's knowledge, man. I, when, it, when you got that shit out, I mean, you, you that's what I'm saying. You know more about that shit than I do because you've been in there and done it. And so that's why I, uh, I get told Big Brandon High Rock Higgins, if you're listening, like, Joshua Carabello. I wasn't mad at you for asking questions. I was just like, you know, I, I like helping Brown. I was just more mad about the pizza. He's also mad about pizza. Oh, the pizza? Yeah. Well, you, next time, dude, next time I'm going to ask what kind does Joshua want to. And we'll have it all covered. Okay. Yeah. It's like, hey man, try my gluten free. <laughs> it's like, man, quit asking me for you. I was happy hearing your voice. I actually saw the clip where, you know, you and the guy were talking, like, uh, what made you laugh with the announcer going, everyone, don't blink. This one's going to be over real quick. And I was like, oh man, that's pretty cool. But pretty good. I, I'm really happy for you, and I, I look forward to hearing more. Uh, hopefully, they have a card on the night that I'm off so I can watch it live instead of, like, watching it, like, Baseball. Oh yeah, when they have that, he told me also that he'll keep me in mind for the future. And um, I was, it was a big, it was a, it was a humbling experience because I was going in there pretty much cold. I didn't know anything about some of the MMA guys. Honestly, admittedly, I didn't. And um, for me to say, oh, I'm a plethora of knowledge, but I have been watching MMA since UFC two. I mean, I, I, 
I'm not a dumbass. I know what the difference is in certain things. I know I know quite a bit about about it. But as far as <clears throat> them guys that get in the cage, count me out. <laughs> I don't ever want to sign up to for me to lock a cage door and have somebody hit me in the face. I've been in plenty of fights in my life, <laughs> and I sure as hell ain't gonna sign up to willingly let somebody try to hit me in the face. Never, you know. I mean, I've I've, I've talked my way out of not getting hit in the face plenty of times. So, <laughs> Guys that sign their name and be like, all right, come on, we're going to step in here with these gloves on and hit each other in the face. That's a world of difference than professional wrestling, which don't get me wrong, you get in the face there too, but it's a little bit different. It's a little different. A little bit different. <laughs> but I had a good time. So check out Brandon Hard Rock Higdon on Facebook and check out Hard Rock MMA. And you tell them, if you listen to the show, <coughs> you send Brandon a message and say, we want to hear Brian Vincent on color commentary for Hard Rock MMA from now on. And I know that's shilling, but I don't give a shit. We don't show much on here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. That's also, fine. That's all right. What do you go? Any, is there any predictions for the brand for the pay per view WWE pay per view that's coming up? Uh, the only match signed so far is there's a couple matches. Yeah, uh, we got Reigns and Styles for the chip. We have Cesaro uh, versus Miz for the IC title. Oh goddamn, man! That's gonna be on pay per view. That's gonna be on pay per view. That's we a have, fucking raw. We match have Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. But see, Chris Jericho. I want them to build that. I'm hoping that is it. Are they been building it? Kind of. I seen. Yeah. Jer- I seen Jericho and Owens are kind of buddies, like hill buddies. And oh, shit. it was fucking great. No, yeah. um, because well, what ha- uh, Zayn and Owens is obviously going, and uh, Ambrose and Jericho are feuding as well okay. over <laughs> Chris Jericho's Welcome to Jericho. Uh, he got his talk show. The talk is Jericho. And Ambrose has his own Ambrose Asylum now that goes in the same time slot as Jericho, so they're fighting over the talk the, the talk show, oh, okay. which is not a nice break for Ambrose because he's beaten and battered. Let's be one hundred percent honest. Ambrose has been going through a lot lately. Well, it's because he goes up there and gives more than more than anybody chef. else yeah, too. They have to. And the so, thing is, Jericho versus uh, Ambrose could be really. really I'm good. sorry, man. I think that and call me biased because I've been a John Moxley fan since 2009, and in 2010. I was on Facebook going, guys, I'm telling you, this guy is the future. Watch him. He will be something. I just, I, 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 I really, really think that he gets overlooked because of his awkwardness and because he's not cookie cutter. Um, he hates cameras. And the, the, you the, can kind of the, tell. Like, the, 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 um, he gets compared to, to Brian Pillman a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has, It is a really good comparison. They're both from Ohio and shit. But I think that this is going to sound terrible in R.I.P. to Pillman. Pillman was a very consummate wrestler. I think that John Moxley's not only a consummate wrestler, but John John Moxley's also a great worker. He can work the stick. Not that Pillman couldn't, but he can work the stick. Fantastic. He can do whatever you need they got to do. You need him to do a hardcore match where he's going to be bleeding buckets, sign him up. You need him to jump off top of something big, sign him up. I mean, he's going to be doing things that... Lots of guys wouldn't sign up to do, you know. Yeah. That's why I was kind of let down with him and Lesnar because I felt like there was a lot of teases. Yeah, and, and I also felt like. But at the same time, I mean, it, you got. Under- I, th- I, w- I would say you, you got to bring that the behind the scenes. Uh, I think that was, they were told like, hey, you know, they they didn't have enough time. They didn't want to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, didn't have enough time. You got a five-hour fucking yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> I, I, I have to disagree with you. I, I do think in ring wise, you know, they can take it from you. I think he's, he's a very good wrestler. Like, he can do it all. Oh, he's great. I've seen him go hole for hole. Mm. You know, he can go off the top. Like, he's a complete wrestler, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that that was his spot. I think the spot they gave Roman Reigns was his spot, man. I think that, that uh, he should have been in that spot against Triple H. But that's just one Mark's opinion, man. I mean, a lot of people, I guess, they, they, they think that Roman Reigns is the best. So. Well, for whatever it's worth, 
Uh, Ambrose is beating Triple H in, that, in, in England right now. Roman Reigns is the money maker. Like he says, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. I think that's, that's him saying, well, I'm the guy they, they want to give the ball to. Like, you can be the you know, guy all you want, but the man is Seth you know? freaking Rollins. Yeah. I think that when Seth Rollins comes back and everybody sees the merch oh, that he sells, so fucking over dude, the too. minute they turn that kid face, it's a fucking done deal. No matter when he comes back, he's going to be more over than Reigns. Yeah, he's going to be more over. And but he, that's the thing, though. Like, everyone's more over than fucking Roman. Like, I remember when they did the, um, uh, a Raw, and they had the Miz and Jericho came out, AJ came out, Kevin came out, Sammy came out, and they were all getting, they were over, more over than him. But the thing about and it is, we're all, even though Reigns isn't over, everybody's still talking about him. We're talking about how he's not over. Or we're talking well, about that, how we hate him. He's always the topic of conversation. But did you see that main event on Mania? Yeah. It was terrible. It and was, I think it exposed it was, it a lot up, of flaws to Roman Reigns. But it was up there. That was longer than it should have been. Dude, it was. to be honest with you, Ryan, to go with what you said, because I, I saw that meme where it's like everyone makes Roman, but you're still talking about him. Yeah. Well, how, what the fuck else are we going to do? I mean, yeah, we're talking about you because you suck, you're bad, you're not, you're getting booed out of the building. I mean, I mean, they show. And you're champion. Uh, I mean, you got to talk about the champ, right? Yeah, like, you know, he, he's in the picture where holding the most important thing that makes that company. And, and he's getting a reaction every time he walks out. He's getting booed out, out of the building. So if people really want to, really wanted to change, sit down. Don't say a word. If you, the worst thing you can do to a wrestler is no reaction whatsoever when they walk out. No, no applause, no mm-hmm. booing anything. Because if you're getting booed, then Vince McMahon in the back of his mind is being like, oh, oh well, I'm making money. Yeah, they, they don't like it. They don't like my choice. Fuck them. I'll do what I want to do. It's so, interesting that you bring that up. Cause, I'm sorry, Joshua. I'm, I'm just going to have to disagree with that because it's like, he's a guy that's supposed to get cheered. He's a guy that's supposed to be like, you know, people have to get behind. No one's getting behind him. Oh, there's plenty of people behind him. There's way more people behind him than you think there is. There's lots of girls who think he's cute. There's lots of kids who think he's talented. He is just like John Cena was. Where other yeah, people, and those are the guys that are screaming and hollering at him and talking about how much he sucks and how they hate him and his pretty blue eyes and curly hair. Okay, <laughs> well, I don't know about that shit, but I'm telling uh, you, that's okay, exactly like what it is. Said, like, like you said, they're the ones screaming, and they're the, they're the voices that we hear every Monday night and every Thursday. Well, those voices so, need to just shut up. When he walks out, if it was silence and nobody paid any attention to him in his whole match, people would make the snoring sound. Mm-hmm. How long do you think he'd be on top? I don't know. Not very long. I promise you. Now, if, when he came out, people were going... <laughs> the whole time has he was out there. Has anybody ever done that in, in years of wrestling? Has anybody on a live telecast like you go off, like, snore? Like, oh, I've heard people get booed out of the building before. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, you when Jeff Jarrett, hit. when Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart, when Jeff Jarrett first started hitting people with the guitar... When he hit May, uh, not May Young, not May Young, who was a fabulous Moolah. Moolah. Oh, my God. I've never. Go back and listen to that on the network. Now, they may have beefed it up or whatever, but I remember it being loud. It was so loud when him and Owen were partners, and he hit her in the face with that guitar. <laughs> they booed the shit out of him. I think if Jeff Jarrett would have walked out, like if, if, if they seriously had security, somebody had snatched his ass up. They fucking hated him. 
It was so fucking funny. It was awesome. Owen Hart and him were a great tag team. Yeah. I just want to throw this out there real quick with the Roman Reigns thing. Uh, Because Jim Ross made a comment. I mean, this may be apples to oranges again, but he he made a comment about Eva Marie. And I know it... We don't want to, I'm not comparing Roman Reigns to Eva Marie. No, you can't. However, Eva Marie gets a lot of heat when she comes out, too. And he's thinking that it, it's not heel heat, it's go-away heat. And there is a very big difference in the wrestling world. I'm not entirely sure there is. I'm, I'm not about to disagree with Jim Ross. No, he's absolutely right. But he, there, there is, but, but the thing is that the right person who would be Vince McMahon and the people in charge there mm-hmm. would have to be the ones whether they determine if it's go home heat or whether it's right. fucking genuine heat, you know? And I'm, and I'm look, there's... Well, you know what? Kevin Owens, though. Kevin Owens, who is your favorite wrestler, he's supposed to be the biggest heel. He's not hated. Half of his shit, he gets cheered just as much as he gets hated, booed because everybody loves him because it's Kevin fucking Steen. And he's fucking funny and on you Twitter. Know what? I, 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 you know, we had the discussion because... Uh, Going back to when you had the conversation about when you spoke to Ian and Bray Wyatt, my argument to that is, you know, you say, oh, he's not being a good heel, he's not getting people to hate him, and my thing is, though, in this day and age, the fans are going to like who they want to like, and they're going to get behind who they want to get behind. Did you see what Kevin Owens did a couple... I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just saying, they'll get behind. In this day and age, wrestling fans are too smart. And they're going to cheer who they want to see wrestle, who they want to see on the TV and on the Titan and Cup promos. So it doesn't regard, it's regardless of if the guy's playing a bad guy or a good guy. It's like Stone Cold said, and Vince McMahon even said it, we don't have good guys and bad guys anymore. We just have people they want to cheer for. So, you know, it, it's a new day and age, you know? It's a new day. What were you saying? No, I thought it was funny. Apparently, a couple of weeks ago on Raw, Owens was in the... Uh, like an eight-man tag match, and uh, he, uh, they went to commercial break, and obviously I think the wrestlers know when they're on air and when they're off air, even in the middle of matches. And apparently the crowd started doing, like, their JBL, you know, they start, like, chanting, like, for, like, random people. And they started chanting for Michael Cole, and Kevin Steen actually got on a microphone, on a live mic, in the middle of the match and said, if you like Michael Cole commentary, stand up. And everybody sat down. Uh-huh. And got quiet, and he goes, that's what I thought, shut the F up, and got off the microphone and got back on the apron waiting for a tag so in a awful. match. It's awful, but it's like, if that's not heel, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I think there'd be a lot of repercussions if someone else did that, you know? I think he is one of their top heels, if not the top heel. Oh, don't get me wrong, he's definitely out there trying to be a heel, but it, you can't, people say, oh, well, Roman Reigns get booed out of the building, he's supposed to be the guy carrying the belt, that's bullshit, we need to fire him. But it's okay for a babyface to come out there and get cheered. I mean, for a heel to come out there and get babyface to mm-hmm. get cheered, to get cheered and get, you know, it's a double-edged sword. And in no way, shape, form am I comparing Roman Reigns, in ring, anything Kevin to Kevin Owens. Ding, ding. Yeah, nothing of the sort. But um, we're living in a new age, bro. Wrestling fans know what they want, and Roman Reigns is not what they want. I think I'm going to agree <laughs> with. I think you guys agree with me. I think it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Do what me a, great a favor. Time to be alive, man. Yep, do me a favor if you're a fan of wrestling and you're a fan of the Back Row Hecklers. Leave us a message on our on our Facebook page, man. Uh, it's updated. There's, I see a whole bunch, a lot more people liking it. It's reaching out to a lot more people. Got to thank young Matthew and and um, Joshua here for always posting cute little stuff on there and cool stuff that comes out. Like uh, there was something with Andre the Giant China. I thought it was pretty cool. They got posted. Oh, it was a kayfabe article. Yeah, <laughs> man. There's and there's. The, I know, the, 
there's just a whole bunch of different things on there, man. And, and you know, you're going to get the negative things. Like, uh, I seen something on there about, um, Prince being, Prince passed away and he's one of the, you know, best musicians of all time and a big positive thing about them. And then going, yeah. And then on the same day he died, some porno X, XWB porno star whore died, blah, 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 whatever. To me, that's kind of classless, you know, um, whatever she did afterwards doesn't negate the fact that she helped women's wrestling. She, she really did. did. She helped women's wrestling a lot. Um, people were like, oh, she didn't help it as much as Fabulous Moolah or whatever. I'm sorry, if you go back and look at some of the things that Fabulous Moolah did, she wasn't that good of a person outside of the ring. Like, she held other people down a lot. Like, women that were... I think she was WWE Women's Champion for 20-plus something years. Something crazy. Like, yeah. longer than Bruno. Yeah, and, and there's like... Wendy Richter came up, and Wendy Richter was not even that good of a female wrestler. Mm-hmm. And so that would have bothered me if I was moving to lose to her anyway, because it's kind of like the whole Eva Marie thing. But if you go back and hear about some of the things she did to some, like, training these girls, and some of them were just good-looking women that really just wanted to be in the business to be looked at on TV, and Moolah put a kibosh to that shit, you know? She's like, no, we get, you're going to learn how to fight. You're going to get in there and do this, which a lot of people agreed with. You know, some of them she kind of supposedly took liberties with and beat the shit out of them mm-hmm. because she did not want it to become the business that it did for a while with the quote-unquote divas. divas and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they've changed it back to the women's wrestling thing. Yeah. I think that... They're actually superstars now. They're not separated. It's not superstars I am telling and divas, you, man. Which Kayfabe made a wonderful article about Ric Flair. They need to put an article about <laughs> the one and only Sarah Del Rey. Because if it was not for Sarah Del Rey, this women's movement thing would have never happened because she is the driving force behind the ones training all those bad bitches coming out of NXT. Mm -hmm. She really is. And there's women all over the country that, uh, from what I understand, I think um, Candice LeRae has a hand in training in Johnny Gargano's school up in AIW up in Cleveland. Okay. I think she has a hand in training with that. Um, Today I was supposed to be on a show with a bunch of their trainees. I was supposed to be a commentator for that. At the uh, at the Seymour Showdown, and that just ended up not going through. But I tell you what, if it does go through next time for Knockout Pro, then I'll be there. Um, not only for the women, but just for the men. For the men too, it is a good time to be a professional wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to, Joshua? In regards to what? I'm are you looking forward to, to the cruiserweight thing more? Or are you looking forward to the next uh, WWE pay per view? Oh yeah, without a doubt, I'm looking forward to the cruiserweight tournament. I mean. You know, just like Matt D says, like, you get 13 pay-per-views, so rinse and repeat. Even though I think the pay-per-view will probably be okay, uh, Sandy Zane versus Kevin Owens will probably be a great match, uh, Ambrose versus Jericho, but the main event will probably be as good as AJ Styles is. We already know the outcome, so it's going to be... See, I think Jericho and, and people shit on the Jericho uh, AJ match from WrestleMania. I think people are... I think where people are... Ex- I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, they that's exactly what I was going to say. They wanted AJ to go over. They wanted AJ over. That was very good, you know. It was actually an interesting little little fun fact. Um, the person that lost the opening show, the opening match of WrestleMania, went on to be the the main event for the championship at the next pay-per-view three straight years. Um, I think it was like, like uh, in 30. Uh, it was like Punk and uh, Brian opened up 29. Brian lost, and then he went on to, you know, 
main event in WrestleMania 30 and then things yeah. of that nature. There was some yeah. kind of connection there. I'm totally probably fucking this up. But no, no, I know what you're saying. There was some here. kind of weird thing where it's like if you opened the WrestleMania, then you went on to like the, the main event the next year's. I'm trying to think who was last year's. Uh, this year, didn't the ladder match open up this year's? Yes. Yeah, so, there was something with that. All right, I totally fucked it up. up this year and <laughs> Zack Ryder won. And then he lost. <laughs> so, like, no, I, I don't know if anybody has, like, like I just thought my little the, brother was like, ah, ah, Kevin Owens lost the belt, Zack Ryder won, and I'm like, watch him lose it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what's crazy right now is, like, we always talk about how good the mid-card is at the WWE right now. They have two mid-card championships, U.S. title and Intercontinental title. Your U.S. title is being lost on a weekly basis by Kalista while he's losing in tag matches because the Lucha Dragons have become jobber tag team, yeah. but he's still a U.S. champion somehow, some way yeah. in the last six months that John Cena has worked so hard to build. I, you can say whatever you want about Cena. He made that belt legit yeah. last year. That that belt doesn't isn't worth much right now. Mm. Intercontinental title. The other one that was like really high, you know, with Ambrose and Owens going back and forth with it, you know, in the early part of the year. Now you've got the Miz doing God knows what with it. That last man standing match, I think it was, or whatever the one that had. Oh, with the Rumble? Uh, when he went through the two tables? Fantastic. When Owens took that spot for them two tables? Yeah. That was one of the best pay per view matches they've had in a while. People were like, <coughs> oh, you're crazy. This match was better. I was like, dude, if you don't. I'm talking. If you incorporate matches that have gimmicks in it, to me, I mean, it just makes it a better wrestling match lots of times. Yeah. It really does. So. Um, we'll I just. Here. We're and looking about an hour and a half here, fellas. I wanted to oh, actually one hour and forty-one minutes. Yeah, wrapping it up here soon. Is there anything that you want to talk about, Joshua? Before we go, anything particular that you did not get to talk about that you wanted to? No, I think we covered all the bases. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can be a little bit more consistent uh, with the show, so we can give our fans and our listeners, you know, some more stuff we can cover. Uh, but I think today we did a great job. I, I have fun time. What about you, Dad? Yeah, I don't want to leave anything out and be like, man, we didn't forgot to talk about this. We forgot to talk about that. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, even though it may be, let you guys know it may be a week or, or two may go by, that we're going to do our best to try to get on here at least a couple times a month. Mm. And we're going to try to make sure that we get a uh, get up and running again with a little bit better sound. Not that this is horrible or anything, but and we know we're, you guys. We're working on it. We're working on it, believe you me. We yeah. can be better. We can be always be better. Yes, and with the return of guests very soon. I know people are like, oh, I haven't really heard that many people complaining. I really haven't, which is good. I told but, you they wanted to hear us, man. But there's a whole lot of guests. That, there's a whole lot of guests <laughs> that have been wanting to come on. I think we should because guests can tell stories that we can't. So That's very true. Real so. quick, I did want to – I know we touched on it was the China thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of things written on the Internet that I wanted to point out. Um, it looks at the very moment as of this date it was not – an overdose, at yes. least on purpose. Exactly. Um, I wanted to point out that she was actually, the person that found her was a very good friend of hers, and they were actually rolling to do a documentary, and the cameras were rolling when they walked in on the body. Ugh. They will never show it. They will never air it. It has been deleted. You do not look for it. It is not anywhere on the internet, as far as I know. Okay. Um, Who would want to see that anyway? Nobody wants to see that. Apparently, she had been dead for at least a day before anybody had found her. Mm-hmm. Uh, some neighbors were saying that she looked intoxicated on the Sunday. She was found on a Wednesday. But it looks like there were two prescription bottles next to her bed where she passed away. They were full. It wasn't like they were emptied out. There was no note written. Yeah. So, you know, I just want every, you know, you're going to read a lot of things on the internet. The internet can be a great place. It can also be a very dark place. And mm-hmm. I want everybody to understand that, that the one, it's Joni Lauder, Lauder, I think Lauder, is her, yes. her real name. You know, she did, what we talked about, she did do a lot for wrestling. I mean, she is, you know, I don't want to say she's the reason why we have what we have today, but she definitely passed 
paved the way. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Lita she and Trish were really, yes. were really good in that day and things of that nature. But there's a reason why she's the only woman to ever hold the Intercontinental title. There's a reason why she was the first woman in the Royal Rumble. You know, and there's a, you know, hopefully moving forward, you know, more women will will go that route. Yes, you know, she didn't get enough credit where credit was due. And you can even go back to the personal level of things. And this is me just speaking out of hand because it's something I don't know nothing about. But from what I understand, she was at one time romantically involved with Triple H. Yes. And they did not because they they ended that relationship and he went on to marry Stephanie McMahon and have kids by her. Um, anyone who's ever been in a relationship and then that relationship end and you look at the other person. And There's always going to be a good and a bad. Yeah, right? you, you, you look at the other person and even if even if it's amicable and even if you're like, ah, oh, it's okay, we can still be friends or whatever, mm-hmm. which obviously I don't think that was the case with that relationship. Well, apparently there was speculation on uh, Roddy Piper's funeral. Did you read about this? Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to approach Triple H and say, I'm sorry for a lot of the things that I have done and have said in the past. Yeah. And Triple H wanted nothing to do with her. Um, he apparently had a lot of security around him, and he had the security escort her out. Like, she almost crashed Roddy Piper's funeral. Mm-hmm. Again, this is internet readings. I don't yeah. know if this is 100% by any means, but, you know. So I don't know if there was any hard feelings between the two of them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there probably was. I'm sure there was. I mean, well, well, trying to get into the Hall of Fame now that she's dead. Maybe, you know, because it looked like for a long time she wasn't going to. To me, that's the bad thing about it. Um, people are always remembered after they're gone, though. Well, I mean, not, not always. Well, people talk about, is Macho Man in yet? Yeah, he finally went in, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he went in. Recently. He said that he's going to make her go in. Like, he said, you know, like, after she passed, like, a day later, he was like, should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Reported. I think so. I mean, I, I know we make fun of the Hall of Fame all the time. I think that's a good thing. Do you guys think that Balls Mahoney deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Cool. <laughs> okay, Are we'll you... leave it at that. With the back row hecklers. <laughs> no, I, I didn't hear you. What would you say? Balls Mahoney. Uh, in a WWE Hall of Fame? No. If they had like no, a, if, if they had an ECW, if they do like an ECW, ECW wing, wing, sure. I would, I would say, I would yes. say he, was, he would he would. I mean, but and that's nothing against him. That's the thing. It's, it's hard to really figure out what you... It's no, not title reigns. No, because, I mean, look at Godfather. When Godfather went in, people were like, like huh? But then again, he did the... He had he probably had four different gimmicks. At least. Yeah, but they only, they only recognized one of them. I know, but that, that was kind of like... <laughs> I've only... One person I know that actually, like... And I, I, I will say that throughout the history of the WWE, one person I've read... Had a fucking gripe about it. That was Abdullah the Butcher. That was the only person people were like, no, he has no business being in the Hall of Fame. Well, the reason, oh. you know, the reason why? Because uh, he gave like he had hep C and he was giving, he was bleeding on people and like knowingly infecting them. That's the reason why. That's what people said. Uh, uh, supposedly, but what I've understood since then is that Abby's came out with documentation where he has, he doesn't have that. There's a, I'm not up to date on bloodborne pathogens and all that shit. He has a condition, something like that, but the condition he has, it wasn't hep C, it wasn't something that was passable by him bleeding on people. Um, he, he acquired hep C after he retired and was gone. Out of business and didn't do anything else. Like, that's what I heard, but I don't know, it's not me defending him, because I don't know, but that that's what I read on the internet. But I did read what you said, where people were like, you know, he's a piece of crap, he, he endangered people's lives, he should have never been in the Hall of Fame. You know, so I, I did remember seeing that also. Um, I do want to thank. Uh, Go ahead. Did he really? Yeah, I know that. Yeah. 
Well, I can't imagine him being happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see after the? Uh, it was a meme that was out. I'm surprised we didn't get it on on ours. It, it was the the dude from the Brock Lesnar and Undertaker the face he made when Lesnar won, and then he went and saw Undertaker this year. Oh, I did post Russell, that. You did post yeah, that. I did okay. Post it. Yeah, where they're either trading faces. Yeah, yeah. Undertaker doing, shocked to see him. He's seeing the mad. He's doing the Undertaker mad face. That was probably yeah. one of my favorites. I that saw that. Awesome. My favorite meme this week was probably Roman Reigns drinking Smart Mark tears out of a cup. <laughs> that was wonderful. I like the one with uh, I don't know if you guys seen it. It's like Jericho and Owens walking, and Jericho Owens is saying, "Apparently, I'm the best you in the business right now." And Jericho's like, "Oh, you think that's how you start out? Yeah, no." But they became best friends after they won on SmackDown. I don't know if you saw Owens give Jericho the biggest hug you've ever seen, like a bear hug. Like, he bear hugged him, and then, like, he knocked, like, they were going to the, they were doing a backstage segment, and they, like, knocked out a dude's coffee cup, and he stole another guy's nuts. Well, I think the reason, I think the reason why everybody loves Kevin Owens, and why he's having a hard problem, even though he can be a great heel, I think the reason everybody loves him is because, He's a genuinely awesome person. You can tell from his Twitter. Oh, he you is. can tell from the way he talks about his children, his wife, the way that he schools the the, the, the youngsters who are fucking around and not taking advantage of what they need to be taken care of. You can tell he's just a great and English dude. isn't his first language. Yeah, he learned about watching Raw. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still schooling kids on, you know, the your and your. Yeah, and it's so... Yeah, he, he, he's, he's a just, grammar because it was CM Punk, now it's him. Uh, I just—he's just a good person, man. And for him, I'm glad we have him. I'm glad he's actually able to, in a place where he's able to make money for his family. The surprising part is, if you actually go and research, you see him all the time. The clickbait like hell on Facebook, where it's like, guess how much this WWE guy made last year? Or this guy made last mm-hmm. year. When you see the amounts, you'd be really, really surprised. It's not like the guys you think of that's been there four or five years. You're like, oh man, that dude's a multimillionaire. It's not the case, man. That. that they're not. They're not making Conor McGregor and MMA guy money. They're making like uh, unless you're top of the food chain. You're, Cena's you're, making money. Cena, I think, yeah. is still number one, and I oh. think he's making multi millions. Yeah. He's got his own show coming up. It's, uh, we watched the first episode of it. Yeah, it I meant that, uh, Total Bellas, but that's okay. Oh, I was talking about uh, True Grit. It's on. Uh, it's the reality. It's the new show. Fox show. Yeah, my boys wanted to watch it, so I watched the first episode. I have no sleep. interest in that. Yeah. I was watching, uh, I got mad because I wanted to watch the final episode of this season's of Better Call Saul and I didn't get to. Oh. That's okay. Better Call Saul is fantastic if you like Breaking Bad, by the way. And with that, we're going to sign off for this week. We'll see you guys here soon. Possibly, hopefully, within the next two weeks. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we'll get Chris Class in here. Chris Class will be back here. Yeah, buddy. He's not getting Um, hit on by his tutor, I heard. I asked him he couldn't come in. He has to get a tutor because he's uh, working on passing his nursing boards. And I told him at first, I was like, uh, "Let me. I'll work through. If I have it, I'll read the text I sent him because I was. I like to mess with class as much as possible because he would do the same because thing to me. And he's Chris Class. And damn it, I've derived, erased it. But it, basically, it said, um, you know, I hope you should probably pick a pick a <laughs> pick a hot dude so you can hit on you the whole time. And hopefully, be hitting on you the whole time would be awkward for you. And he put it on there. Nah, man, it's like this 50-year-old lady that's been doing it for like 20 years. I did that on purpose so I wouldn't be distracted. And I put, oh, you're into gamilfs. Good, got it. That's wonderful. And in class, put something like F you or whatever. Um, just to let you guys know, if, if you acquired a T-shirt 
thank you very much. We appreciate it. Whether it be me and you talked and worked something out and or, or you bought one from me, I handed one to you because I appreciate your work or whatever it had be. I appreciate it. Send us the pictures of you guys in the T-shirts. We see them. We like it. We're trying to post them for everybody to see. Number two, hopefully within the next month or so, we'll have a brand new T-shirt design. 100% of the proceeds from the sale of this T-shirt is going to benefit this podcast. It's going to buy us a laptop. Being as the Chromebook that I bought is not suffice so that we can run our mixer, we can run our microphones, everything else that we've acquired. So I'm just letting you guys know in advance. And it will be a headlock gear design t-shirt. He has not designed a t-shirt since the last Backer Heckler's t-shirt. It was the last one he designed. He's been very busy. So, uh, and he gets multiple requests from guys all the time asking mm-hmm. about designing him headlock gear t-shirt. So he will be designing the, the new Backer Heckler's t-shirt. And as soon as it's available, I will let you guys know. If you want to pre-order one, let me know now. Send it to me, Vinson at Facebook.com. Um, we will get you a peek after I get a peek. Should be fantastic. Um, just want to let you guys know we appreciate you listening. Joshua, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. Mr. Matthew, thank you for hosting. You're welcome. We're from the other, from side. The other side of the track. That's right. We're from the other <laughs> side of the track studio, and we will see you. <laughs> and always, we'll see you guys in the back row.